go. Head on with Bob Kincaid. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, crmw.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. Here we go, off and running on this 6th day of October 2023. This is the Horn. Head on Live is where you'll find us on the interweb, too. That's where you go if you'd like to take part in the merry, wacky, zany, real-time, madcap, multimedia extravaganza that is the Horn chat room, the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time. All time zones in between and the Great Globe Round, and whatever time it is when you're listening to the podcast. If you're listening to the podcast, as usual, please like and subscribe. Leave a comment for the lonely little algorithms, and let folks know that you know you're an active you're an active participant in the program and and a, a, a member in good standing in the community. We don't have any memberships or initiations or anything like that. Yeah. Uh, tell your friends and neighbors, etc. But if you do, pop by the aforementioned Mary Wacky Zany here. Uh, in uh, well, right now, while the program's live, you will be greeted by the early arrivers. That would be uh, Irish Dave and Squeaky and Theo. Uh, hey, y'all. And uh, moderated by moi. Oui, moi. In très horrible madratrice. I just made that last one up on the fly, Madaratrus. Ah, uh, never mind. Let's not, let's not confuse things. Hi, I'm Robin. It is Friday on the front porch. That means in about an hour or so, uh, so uh, we will uh, go over the over the river and through the woods to the old holler tree that we sublet from the Keebler Elves. At least that's what the guy who said his last name was McHenry told us when we signed the lease. Uh, uh, and wherein we keep the extraordinary, ordinary roundtable around which we gather each and every Friday to cuss and discuss and see what's on folks' minds. There's an easy-to-use button at the top of HeadOn.Live that will take you straight into the, well, it will take you directly into the uh, the roundtable uh, room group. And if you've never participated in Friday on the Front Porch, I heartily encourage you to pop in. Because it's uh, it's really good fun, and the conversation you know, gets quite rousing sometimes, and I rather enjoy that. Every program here at the Horn begins with gratitude, and this program is no different. So thanks go out to our sixth day of the month subscribers. That means a hearty uh, thank you to our buddy Don in West Tennessee. 
and to Michael, uh, formerly of Madison, now of Chicago, uh, for a while now. Um, thank you to Squeaky jumping in there. Thank you so much. Thank you to Charlene in Rogues Island and John. Uh, thank you to uh, uh, Joseph jumping in. And so what that means is that uh, the uh, $800 fundraising goal that we ended the program with, or we started the day with, is actually down to 680 which is great. That just means that uh, today, yesterday, and uh, $220, uh, um, $80, $80 of Wednesday are what we haven't funded yet. So thank you, thank you. And uh, again, Joseph and uh, Squeaky, thanks for jumping in. I really appreciate it. We all do. It's how this we've kept this little thing going for almost 20 years. Uh, if you can't tell... Um, my, uh, I don't know, up the sinuses, what it, and I'm real scratchy, and my voice is kind of, ugh. Um, so I will, uh, I, I hopefully it'll hold out, and then, I don't know, I'll drink a lot of tea with local honey and lemon and whatnot in it over the weekend. Um, maybe get some whole cloves and steep some whole cloves in, in tea, and then use that to, with the honey and drink it warm, cinnamon stick, you know, lemon peel, what have you. Uh, but anyway, uh, in about, you know, 54 minutes or so, we will begin the Friday on the Front Porch conversation. But in the meantime, yeah. and thanks to all of you uh, who subscribe or a la carte contribute. Thank you so much. I say it at the end of every program, but I need to say it more often because uh, especially at, at this point in time, it's rough. I know it's rough. Things are rough all over. Uh, the the economy added more than three hundred thousand new jobs. Unemployment remains stable, and nonetheless, you can't turn on the for profit media without hearing. But what about how old Joe Biden is? Uh, yeah. Ah, Squeaky reminds us uh, uh, that uh, Horn, chief agronomist and chief mathematician, and Bud Trimmer Emeritus Roger in Oregon is at an event until 6 p.m. Pacific time, so that means no Roger this evening. Um, we'll try to figure out something for a something for a uh, moderator and start the uh, front porch conversation. And congratulations are due to Steve and Miss Karen with the void left in their life by the traversing of the Rainbow Bridge by little Cletus, they went out and rescued a, oh, what a sweetie. Uh, her name is Kinley. Little Kinley has joined Steve and Ms. Karen in their family. Um, and little Kinley is a rescue. She's a mix between a Cairn Terrier and a Schnauzer. And a more adorable face has never been seen. And she's about a year old, so she's just a total baby. And hi, Kenley, if you're listening. Hi. Who's a good little girl? Yes, Kenley's a good little girl. Oh, dear God. <clears throat> Um, 
Matt in San Francisco says, feel better than you sound. Oh, Roxy, I hope you feel better than you sound. I'm on the tail end of my battle. It started in my throat, then my lungs. Now it's basically a sinus infection that's going on week three. I hope it clears sooner, and I hope your leaves, yours leaves sooner than my lingering, Ill, loitering illness. Yeah, I, I really wish there was, like, a no loitering sign inside my sinuses. This is just, ugh. And, you know, kind of fuzzy in the head and just... But, uh, I tested. It's not the Rona. Um, I just... And it seems to be something that's going around up here. And I, and I, know, I know, I know, I do just, I, I sound like crap. And I wish I didn't, but here we are. And Darlene says, so sorry to hear how sniffly you've been sounding this week. That's what we get for dastardly autumn. Jeez, I miss summer. I know. It's awful. It, it, we're, we're, moving in, we're moving into ugly, bulky clothing season, and I hate it. Uh, my feet won't be warm again. Yeah, I mean, it's it's the sixth day of October, and I'm sitting here in the studio, and I've already got my Uggs house shoes on because my feet my feet probably won't get warm again until May. Oh, well, we will power through it. Thank you, Matt. Thank you, Darlene. So, and so we began... I, I I just have to love this. Let's start with something fun. Kenneth Cheesebro, Trump Trump uh, former Trump uh, lawyer, indicted in Fulton County, Georgia, filed a motion saying that uh, he, Kenneth Cheesebro, the man who looks like Mr. Rogers with a Xanax problem, filed a motion in uh, Atlanta, Fulton County uh, court and said that his case needed to be dismissed because one of the prosecutors, the Fulton County Special Prosecutor Nathan Wade, didn't timely file his oath of office for the case. And Fulton County Judge Scott McAfee made short work of this dumbass motion and apparently wanted to make sure that everybody understood just how stupid he thought it was. (laughs) It's funny, uh, what was it, yesterday's program where I uh, referenced the French Knights in the Tower and Monty Python and the Holy Grail I told them we've already got one. Well, there's a, there's a Monty Python reference for everything. And in this case, Judge McAfee, in dismissing Kenneth Cheesebro's um, motion... ...found a Monty Python reference of his own. If this parrot of emotion is somehow not yet dead, that's pining for the fjords. It's dead. It's singing with the bleeding choir eternal. If this parrot of emotion is somehow not yet dead, the defendant has failed to establish how special ADA Wade's actions resulted in prejudice. 
i.e., how his assignment single-handedly changed any specific actions taken during the investigation or resulted in the true bill of the indictment. Nor has defendant established a constitutional violation or structural defect in the grand jury process sufficient to justify outright dismissal. The motion is, all caps, DENIED! If this parrot of a motion is somehow not yet dead... I like that maybe maybe I'll have cause later on not to like Judge McAfee, but it sounds like uh, sounds sounds like a likable guy. My voice the way it is, I think I should I'm well suited to say Dennis, there's some lovely filth down here. Oh, yes. Silver linings. He must be a real hoot at judging parties. If this parrot of emotion is not yet dead, maybe, maybe in his net, maybe in his next motion denying some stupid, or next order denying some stupid motion from some maggot lawyer, some pettifogger. Maybe, uh, <laughs> maybe we can get a cheese shop reference. I don't care how fucking runny it is. Bring on the fromage de France. I've got too much Monty Python on too many brain cells. Uh, but speaking of judges, we've got another. Uh, we got that. You know, that's Judge McAfee, state court judge. Good judging. Uh, maybe uh, if something opens up in Georgia. After this case is over with, maybe uh, maybe President Biden could appoint him to the federal bench. Or how about appointing him to the 11th United States Circuit Court of Appeals? That would be cool. I, I don't know what the conversations are like inside uh, in, inside the White House in terms of judicial appointments, but for a Democratic president. I should think that reform of the fifth and the eleventh judicial circuits would be should be a priority because those are two absolutely cockamamie, harebrained, wild-eyed, right-wing reactionary circuits, and we need a circuit. We need a federal circuit that can slap down the likes of. Uh, well, Michael Kaczmarek, the maggot judge out in Texas who thinks he has the power to take medication away from every woman in the United States. And somebody, and, and we need more judges in the 11th Circuit who can uh, deal with the walking, talking, living, breathing maggot embarrassment that is Aileen Cannon. Who today handed... Um, Julius Geezer, a little bit of a little tiny victory, because everywhere he turns, Nitwit Nero is trying to delay, preferably until the day after the sun burns out and reduces the earth to a cinder, uh, all of his trials. Back in the summer, the prosecutors did not object because it was just a reaction. 
there are so many classified documents involved in the in the Florida case that his lawyers and 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 you know they 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 have a right to know the evidence against their client and God knows it's voluminous and it's classified material so there has to be a uh, skiff an area inside the courthouse in which the lawyers can view the documents and the government said it'll take about three months to get that thing built inside the building okay A sensitive compartmented information facility is what SCIF stands for. Well, now, uh, the maggot judge Aileen Cannon has indefinitely, temporarily indefinitely, stayed the proceedings while she makes a decision as to whether to push the trial of the case back. The trial, you'll recall, is supposed to begin in May of 2024. But she may decide to push back the entire, the entirety of the trial schedule. And Nitwit Nero has, of course, been begging to have the trial put back, pushed back until after the November 2024 presidential election where, you know, if he wins the election he can then pardon himself or at least get the thing put on hold for you know, yeah. uh, Joyce um, Joyce Aline Joyce Vance on uh, on uh, Shitter brought a fairly clear-eyed assessment to it saying Realistically, delays can sometimes be necessary to accommodate issues involving classified discovery, but this seems overmuch. This is a judge who is happy to see the case move slowly. Yeah, because she is uh, just like a just like a little ficus there in a uh, in the corner of your living room. She's a potted plant. So now we kind of have to, well, we have to wait and see. Uh, let's see. Now, Lee in New York says, the cheese bro ruling. Would the accused get better treatment if he claimed his name was cheese bro? FYI, John Cleese's surname was previously cheese. My dad was born Reginald Francis Cheese, Cleese shared in the first episode of the documentary series Monty Python's Almost the Truth. His dad was John Edwin Cheese. He stayed at Cheese until 1915 when he joined the army and changed his name to Cleese. And I don't know why, because when I went to school, I was always called Old Cheese. It made no difference at all. The irony. It just it just it, it just rolls like a mighty river.
John in Central PA says, Judge Cannon, wow, Jack Smith and his team fucked up by not moving to compel that judge to recuse herself. No, they didn't. Uh, it, the 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 president who appointed you is not cause for no they, they would have lost and they would have lost all the way to the Supreme Court. There has to be something more than a demonstration of the fact that she was appointed by Nitwit Nero, the defendant before her. But she has already been slapped down a couple of times, and she may get slapped down yet again. Let's let's. Let's breathe a little bit and uh, wait and see. Wait and see uh, how it plays out. And speaking of how things played out, well, we talked yesterday about. how Nitwit Nero is said to have shared nuclear secrets with an Australian billionaire and uh, Mary Trump his niece said yesterday that uh, that uh, it bears pointing out that the empire Donald has managed to squander over the last 30 years remember yesterday's word of the day was abandonin- abandoninium courtesy of Todd. That was a double cowbell neologism, abandoninium. The one he is in danger of losing thanks to having committed massive fraud, allegedly, belonged to his father. It was never his. My grandfather, Fred, had long harbored aspirations to expand his real estate business across the river into Manhattan. The holy grail of New... Another reference. The holy grail of New York City real estate. But he didn't have the right skill set. Donald, on the other hand, did possess the kind of brazenness and total lack of self-awareness that allowed him to bulldoze the rest of the world into believing he was some kind of entrepreneurial phenom. But the family, people in it, also suffer from the obnoxious belief that they're better than everybody simply by virtue of the fact that they have a lot of money, despite not having earned it. And along the way, there was some, uh, there was a, there was a quick. Uh, a quick jab at Eric the Dummer's spouse, Laura, Lara, L-A-R-A, Lara, Lara. It's a minor point, but as we keep learning, small transgressions add up. Unaccomplished grifter sons become media celebrities who somehow end up sharing nuclear secrets with wealthy foreign nationals who paid for the privilege in the form of a country club fee. We may never find out what those secrets were. We may never know how much or what kind of damage was done by revealing them. What we do know is that Donald justifies his treason by claiming he had every right to the documents and therefore had every right to do whatever he wanted with them. He's been indicted for the crime of stealing highly classified government documents, yes, but he suffered no real consequences. His rubes continue to throw money at him, which he uses to pay his legal bills, and he's still running for president. And I may come to regret... I may come to regret what I'm about to say, but I still want him to be their nominee. I like the odds better than I do, I don't know, any of the, any of the seven dwarfs. 
and I'm hearing some rumblings. Might as well address them. I'm hearing some rumblings, uh, both on the left and the, the left. What left? The left and the right. Uh, to the effect that uh, we don't want a rematch. And it, it, it has it, it, it has a you know, for someone like me, it has the overtones of what I what we heard in 2014 and 2015 leading up to 2016 uh, about the Clinton dynasty and all of the Sturm und Drang that led up to the the, the gigantic national failure of our national IQ test. Well, not really. I mean, Hillary Clinton won the popular vote. It's worth remembering. But she lost the Electoral College. America was deeply damaged by its own continuing adherence to a hateful, anachronistic... Well, a hateful anachronism from... The days back when white people felt privileged and legally uh, legally permitted to claim to own other human beings. And it bit us in the ass. It bit us in the ass twice in 20 years, in this century alone. But I, I think... I think Biden can beat him again. Personally, I'd like to. I'd like to just settle settle Trump versus Biden, part two, with a bicycle race. Put Biden on his and let him start pedaling along, and you know, and give him the. You know, they start at the same time, and Nitwit Nero can't even balance on one, let alone ride it. Problem solved. But um, the whole nuclear secrets thing found its way to my filthy morning habit, where this morning found Joe actually coming to work on a Friday, Joe and Mika, and, well... Friday morning and all week long, Morning Joe starts right now. Several months ago, uh, a foreign policy expert on the international level went to advise Donald Trump, and three times he asked about the use of nuclear weapons. Now that is a clip from August the 3rd, 2016. That's how it starts. Three times he asked, at one point, if we have them, why can't we use them? That's oh, wow. one of the reasons why he has, he just doesn't have foreign policy experts around. Trump, Trump asked three times. Three times in an hour briefing, why can't we use nuclear weapons? From wondering about the use of nuclear weapons to stealing war plans to reportedly spilling secrets about 
nuclear submarines. Donald Trump has a long history of problematic behavior with intelligence, classified intelligence. We'll have more on that new report. Nuclear. Nuclear <laughs> intelligence, Willie. I mean, this is again. again that it, and it, his love of autocrats is kind of a bad mix. Yeah. I mean, I mean, we all rem we all remember that 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 uh, that disturbing time when we said he was ill fit. But, you know, this guy that's been reckless with reckless with intelligence from the very beginning. I mean, we hit one of his first visitors in the White House. He had he had uh, the foreign minister of Russia and the Russian ambassador to the United States. And what did he do? He spilled uh, he spilled classified secrets that we got from another country. Uh, had no reporters in there, no U.S. reporters there, but had, uh, you know, Russian, probably Russian spies posing as reporters inside the White House. Yeah, he's just just reckless and dangerous, but we've known that for, well, six, seven years. Yeah, we shouldn't lower the bar for reckless, dangerous, outrageous. It's all of those things, but as you say, it's also completely unsurprising. This. Uh, reporting that we'll get into from ABC News and the New York Times about him talking about nuclear submarines with an Australian businessman at Mar-a-Lago uh, fits because it comes in the post-presidential time when we know now that he had documents, classified documents, hidden in the bathroom and tucked away all around Mar-a-Lago. Also, the patio at Mar-a-Lago strikes again. Remember, right after he became president, he was sitting out there with the Japanese prime minister when North Korea launched a test rocket. And he was just talking openly as the membership sat around about what he had just heard, what he knew, and huddling with Steve Bannon and Mike Flynn out on the patio. So, again, outrageous, yes. Surprising, no. Well, and again, these, are, these aren't things that, that, again, are just like, ah, oh, don't worry about it. This is no, no, no president. This is yeah. No president would, 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 would do this, uh, just other, other than Donald Trump. And so, again, I, I remain just absolutely... <clears throat> I'll, I'll try to be uh, I'll try to be emotionally level on this. Fascinated by the fact that people are still willing to vote for a guy that steals nuclear secrets, takes him to his beach club, steals war plans, takes him to his beach club, uh, and now in this case, tell talks the specifics about our nuclear submarines and talks about how close we can get to Russian nuclear. So I mean, this is the sort of information that Russian spies would die to get, and that our spies would risk their lives to get from other countries. And Donald Trump's just sitting there at Mar-a-Lago blabbing it. And then this guy goes around yeah. and tells maybe 20 more people. Yeah. Oh, which is a whole nother problem. Also ahead on Morning Joe, Republican Congressman. So, I mean, I, he's right. No president would do this other than Donald Trump. And yesterday when we discussed this, I said, look, if the Australian businessman got those secrets, it's a safe bet. Pootie has them now. Or China. Then this guy goes around and tells maybe 20 more people. And it turns into that shampoo commercial. And they tell 20 people. And they tell 20 people. And soon, pretty soon, Vladimir Putin has it for free and doesn't even have to pay any money for it. Anybody remember the uh, Chinese agent who was caught 
at Magaloco. Remember her? Because, uh, I do. If I was a submariner and I read this story, I think I would be furious. And, uh, well, I mentioned him getting a little bit of a win with Aileen Cannon. I uh, took it on the chin again in the state of New York. The Court of Intermediate Appeals uh, denied the appeal request from Nitwit Nero's Petty Foggers to suspend the summary judgment that Justice Arthur Angoron entered that allowed the trial to begin simply and solely in the damages phase with liability having been established. Christopher Kyes, the petty fogger who filed it, said uh, it was a massive error for summary judgment to be entered. Summary judgment is a standard in which courts can deal with matters by ruling that there is no material issue of fact or law to be decided by a jury, which is what happens in, when summary judgment is entered. And that is what, that, that's, that, that's what happened. In other words, the judge said, there's no, there's no defense here. It's a, the fraud is proven. Now all we have to figure out is how much money he owes. But Christopher Kyes, uh, and this is an echo of the strategy that Nitwit Nero uses uh, in all of his... If they can do it to me, they can do it to you. Yes, if you commit millions upon hundreds of million dollars, perhaps billions of dollars of fraud against the state of New York, the state of New York can indeed do it to you. But generally speaking, violations of law are only prosecuted against people who, for whom there is a credible allegation of the violation. It's not like the feds are going to knock down the, uh, uh, knock down the somewhat sticking door of uh, Emory and Marveline single wide in the Ballerina Swan Lake Country Club and trailer court there. No. <laughs> no, and and uh, Christopher Kais also said uh, defendants in other cases will fear seizure of their property, and then and, and then fired up the tinny whorehouse piano and said ah, it's going to cost many Trump employees their jobs. Uh, okay, this may seem kind of shitty. But if you work for the Trump organization, it doesn't, or is this just me? If you work for the Trump organization, doesn't that, isn't that sort of an, a, a pre-existing indictment of your character? Not saying you deserve it, 
but maybe get a little unforgiving about it all and say, deserving's got nothing to do with it. Uh, well, uh, the Deputy Solicitor General for the State of New York, a woman named Judy Vale, said the demand for a delay was completely meritless and said uh, the State of New York will delay proceedings over ownership of the properties until the trial's concluded. Which kind of makes sense once you've got the judgment and once you know how much the judgment is for, then you can decide how many of his properties you want to uh, sell on the courthouse steps at auction. Yeah. So, yeah. Loser. Yeah. God only knows, Flavio says, how many enemies of the U.S. took advantage of Cheeto Lini's boundless vanity. Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, that Chinese spy at the Magalardias, uh, on and on and on. But of course, Cheeto Lini, and I do like that, Mango Mussolini. Mar-a-Lago Mussolini. Upon upon the uh, release of uh, the the evidence that he did in fact share nuclear secrets with the Australian businessman, I don't. Let's put a little shrimp on the baby. Oh my, yeah. Croxan Kincaid is. Sounding a little rough today. Well, no, it's, it, of course nothing. It, it, nothing, nothing is real in Trump world. The ridiculous story put out today about me talking to a Mar-a-Lago member about U.S. submarines is false and ridiculous. Other than the fact that I will often state that we make the best submarines and military equipment anywhere in the world, a pretty well-known fact. As long as they're not electric submarines, right? And we have the best steam catapults on all in aircraft, aircraft carriers in the world, and they need to stay steam. I'm adding that. These fake stories are put out by corrupt prosecutors trying to interfere with the presidential election of 2024, and based on the polling, where I'm 60 points up on Republican candidates and 11 points up on crooked Joe Biden, the people of our country aren't buying it. Yeah, yeah, they are. With that being said, I will always promote the greatness of America and its military equipment. The alternative would be for allies and others to buy from Russia, China, or elsewhere. I like creating jobs in America, which was one of my most successful achievements as president. Which he didn't do. greatness of America with its military you know what of all the of all the properties he could lose the one I want him to lose first oh not bed monster or Magalard ass truth social and then he'd actually be beholden to shitter and Leon scum 
and he'd have to do it all from there where people would be able to respond to him and call him a liar to his face. There is a historical, uh, there is some historical, not precedent, but it's happened before. Thank you. Uh, uh, thank you, Ralphs, serving as the submarine secret, ad hoc, Horn Ad Hoc Submarine Secrets Research Department. Andrew J. May uh, was a lawyer from Kentucky. He was influential in the New Deal. Chairman of the House Military Affairs Committee during the Second World War, and stupidly disclosed classified naval information that it is believed, it's possible, resulted in 10 American submarines being lost and the death of 800 submariners. It was not connected to the disclosure, but he was later on uh, convicted of bribery. And what he did, uh, the the Navy and the uh, subservice had been quite successful conducting operations against the uh, against Japanese shipping, and in June 1943, he pointed out May did that the, how the Japanese were fucking up with their depth charge tactics. Because he said the depth charges were exploding at a too shallow a depth. And the press ran wild with it. And the Japanese Navy adjusted their depth charge settings accordingly. Uh, the, bribery, the bribery conviction stemmed from uh, his uh, business dealings with in, in war materials. Sounds downright Trumpian, doesn't it? Uh, hi, Kim. Hey, Robin. Kim in New York. As you know, I live in Manhattan, and as such, I often pass the East Side Cafe, which is in the Trump Plaza building on 3rd Avenue and 61st Street, or thereabouts. Every time I do so, I look at the Metro D and serving staff and think, you goddamned idiots, how can you work for this bastard? I also give a dirty look to the patrons sitting and eating their Trump steak salads or whatever and think, you goddamned idiots, how can you give this bastard money? You've no, you're, you're nothing but enablers. So Trump's employees are going to lose their job? Fuck them. Uh, no, it's not just you, Robin. <laughs> you're signed, you're kind, compassion, compassionate, and empathetic social worker. <laughs> Kim in New York City. It's nice to not be alone, Kim. Thank you. I mean, and, and especially especially the people even further up the food chain. I, I, I suppose, uh, you know, I, I don't know, it could be that that cafe could perhaps be independently owned. I don't, 
or maybe it's his, is that where the infamous Cinco de Mayo taco bowl came from? Oh. Again, I remind you of our new word, abandoninium. Uh, Flavio says, what'd they say in World War II? Loose lips sink ships? Yes. And, well, his are big and meaty and flappy. And it, things have taken a turn in the... Uh, well, we've been doing legal stuff. Let's do this, too. Um, Lawyers, and they're good ones, for Hunter Biden have uh, filed a uh, motion in his present prosecution. Seeking to dismiss all charges and claiming immunity from prosecution, in fact. His lawyers say that the plea agreement remains in force and that Hunter Biden will seek to dismiss the indictment against him pursuant to the immunity provisions of that agreement. And so uh, this follows his not guilty plea. Because the uh, U.S. District Judge, Mary Ellen Noreka, said she wasn't sure about uh, whether the felony diversion program for a gun charge was constitutional or not. And if it, if, if it, if it relates to firearms now, in the wake of the Bruin decision... I understand why she might feel that way. Because this, our, our most puissant, dread sovereign, supreme Catholic majesties seem to be of the opinion that firearms have more rights than human beings. Not with this gang of weirdos, Uh, firearms might actually have more rights than fetuses, and they've got all the they and fetuses have more rights than the woman carrying the fetus. The irony would be thick enough to cut with a knife if, in fact, the rulings of the of our most puissant dread sovereign supreme Catholic Majesties turned out to be the undoing of David Weiss's prosecution. The sacredness of our gun laws apply even to Hunter Biden. Who we? Lord, the maggots. Oh, it'd be terrible. The 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 the, the losing of shit. And then there's this. The. Um, the nasty little piece of vindictive backbiting that uh, uh, Speaker Pro Tempora 
uh, Mick Keebler engaged in shortly after his uh, his own his own fellow Republicans booted his pal uh, Craven McCarthy. It, well, it wasn't legal. And it, it makes sense. Uh, ranking member of the House Rules Committee, Jim McGovern, from Massachusetts, who has been in the House of Representatives since the late 1990s, said on Wednesday, I want to clear up some confusion. As an unelected acting speaker pro tempora, Patrick McHenry's job is to guide the House toward the election of a new speaker. That's it. His power is constrained because Jim McGovern brought the receipts. His power is constrained by the plain text of Rule 1, Clause 8 of the Rules of the House. And Rule 1, Clause 8 says he can only exercise as much authority as is necessary and appropriate towards the end of electing a speaker. The Rules Committee narrowly described this rule in 2004. An acting speaker pro tempora serves for the sole purpose of electing a new speaker. And then gave context. These rules were put into place after 9-11 to ensure continuity of government and quick election of a new speaker in an emergency. Not to provide for a short-term speaker due to Republican dysfunction. Ow! That had to sting. And his, his, his argument is compelling. And Nancy Pelosi needs to be given back her offices. The fact that the, 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 the Patrick McHenry is a fuck-up does not change the rules. It makes sense what McGovern said. In the wake of 9-11, the Congress became concerned about not having sufficient processes in place to make sure that government continued to function if, say, some six-foot, seven-inch Saudi with a a portable dialysis machine uh, decided to have some people fly a plane into the Capitol building. And maybe took out the speaker. So a speaker pro tem just makes possible the process whereby a new speaker can be chosen. That's it. That's all. It uh, but Patrick McHenry's not going to do anything because he's a pestiferous little toxic Keebler elf. But that's not the end of the dysfunction. Oh no, far from it. The two uh, 
the the two announced candidates for speaker, Jim Jackadoff Jordan and Steve uh, Steve Too Stupid Scalise. Well, they threw their hats in the ring. Uh, a third was thinking about it. And then uh, I, I, and I don't fully I've, I've read about this earlier today and I don't I don't know where this cockamamie idea came from. But of course, uh, Fox News TV Radio Rwanda is always looking for an angle to uh, to run some more ads and bring some eyeballs to their screens. It's the nature of a corporate multimillionaire for-profit media. And so uh, it was announced that uh, Jacket Off Jordan and Stupid Scalise would be appearing on in a closed debate hosted by Brett Beyer Bear on Fox. A speaker pageant. And even some Republicans said, what? Over at CNN, uh, Melanie Zanona said that multiple House Republicans have indicated to her that they are infuriated. Uh, by this 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 scheme to turn it into a reality TV show. Uh, she wrote, one lawmaker called it insanity and said people are pissed. Another Republican complained that this will turn their speaker's race into a circus. Oh boy, have I got news for him. It's already a circus. A third predicted the event won't go on as planned because the pushback it's already getting. And she went on to note that uh, some of those Republicans have even already told uh, Jordan and Scalise that they're not happy about it. Uh, Kevin Hearn of Oklahoma is the third who's also thinking about running. And probably none of the three have any chance of reaching 218 votes. But now that the uh, uh, now that the thing uh, now that the, now that the grenade has blown up in their face, uh, a spokes creep for Jim Jacket off Jordan said, uh, "Well, he wants to meet with the Republican conference first, and then." A spokes creep for Steve Scalise said, yeah, uh, 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 he isn't participating in the Fox debate either. And suddenly Kevin Hearn said, well, I'm not even a candidate, but I won't participate. They they didn't ask me to anyway. Uh, uh, Kevin Hearn went so far as to say, we need to make this decision as a conference, not on TV. The Republican conference needs a family discussion. Yeah, some family. Big ears, buggy eyes, banjos. Sure do got a pretty mouth. But, well, we talked a lot about this. It is possible for someone who is not a member of the House to become Speaker. But Nitwit Nero has since endorsed Jim Jacketoff Jordan. 
probably for the obvious reason that if he was Speaker of the House, Jim Jacketoff Jordan would post-haste impanel a, uh, a, uh, a full-on uh, impeachment committee to impeach Hunter Biden, I mean Joe Biden. It will become a problem, however, when it becomes necessary to bring their whistleblowers forward. Because they can't find at least one of them. And another whistleblower isn't blowing any whistles. But yeah, Nitwit Nero says... Yeah, I, I, I suppose Jim, Jim Jordan is... And wasn't Jim Jordan one of the ones who ran to Nitwit Nero after January 6th begging for a presidential pardon preemptively? I think he was. But uh, Geezer Disgustus is also pissed. He's always pissed. If you think about it, on any given day, and Brother Deacon Asa and I were talking about this earlier, He's. He can't be having good days. Every day he wakes up and 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 things are getting more awful for him. And I don't care how deep his psychopathy is. That shit takes a toll. Uh, he, he wakes up and hate watches Morning Joe and they tell him to his face now what a shit weasel he is and then the day just proceeds from there it starts bad and gets worse And even if he, the, the only way that he gets to a point where he doesn't have to just be eaten up by this is if he goes, on, goes into full-on Fred Trump dementia. Where, you know, he becomes the only person in the world who doesn't know that Donald Trump was president of the United States. He was giving serious thought to being a candidate, but then uh, Wednesday evening in a call to maggots, and he, he, he thought that they all agreed not to tell anybody, but no. Uh, he said he was going to make a high-profile visit to Washington, D.C. And, 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 and be a House Speaker candidate. He told all this to the people on the, the maggots on the call. Keep this quiet. But... Troy Nels, a maggot from Texas, couldn't keep his mouth shut. 9.32 p.m. Wednesday night, he said he'd 
just uh, it just spoken to Nitwit Nero, and he was going and and the Nitwit Nero said he was going to endorse Jacket Off Jordan. And uh, one uh, one of Nitwit Nero's inner circle people said, "Nels just totally fucked this up." And Trump is pissed. Nels has all the patience of a dog waiting to be let out of a car. <laughs> They're maggots. They can't help themselves. I'm sure that I'm, I'm sure that when he put it on Twitter, there was a link to a campaign page asking for contributions to his campaign. Yeah, one another maggot said uh, Trump's pretty annoyed at Nels. The reality is the worst case scenario for Trump was to go to Washington and become speaker. Then he would have to do the job, defend a civil fraud case, four criminal cases, and run for president in the primary and general election. There was no to- there, there was no time. And so he's furious at somebody, at something every day. His 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 life is nothing but fury. And 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 attempts to deflect and lie and and that's the problem with being a liar you have to keep up with them and the more you tell the more there is to keep up with and the more there's to keep up with the more you have to make sure that you've got continuity among all the lies and that cannot help but take a psychological toll over time I think uh, if any of the members of our uh, behavior, of the Behavioral Health Caucus of the Horn Family Community Congregation would like to enlighten me, uh, that'd be great. If he's, a, you know, I guess, if he's a stone cold pathological liar who does not know the difference between the truth and a lie, maybe it's a different situation. But I don't, I don't think he is that. His lies are, now what? His lies are crafted. They are deliberate. He knows, a pathological liar doesn't know when they're lying. Nitwit Nero knows when he's lying and he knows why he's lying. Another uh, Republican presidential candidate has bailed. I didn't. I, I don't. I don't think I even remember reading this guy's name. But uh, the appropriately named Steve Laffey has jumped. He was the mayor, uh, the former mayor of Cranston. I presume Rhode Island. He said you know, he couldn't raise money. He couldn't get any name. There was no name recognition. And he said uh, there was another. There was another reason. I don't have an avenue to tell people with a straight face. It's now October. How do I take off and take New Hampshire and keep going? 
But at the same time, I'm telling people, the GOP is dead. I'm really, really upset about certain things with my party. I'll be leaving the party. And added that uh, Donald Trump needs to be in prison. Is the GOP dead? Or is this just the newly risen zombie GOP? They seem able to raise scads of money. Um, they have, by the slimmest of majorities, the House of Representatives, and are able to use that to cause immeasurable damage. I don't think it's as dead as he thinks it is. It is an old white rump party, with a few, uh, with a, with a few, with, you know, with a few tokens just for appearance. You know, Tim Scott, Nimrata Haley. Well, Steve Laffey, we barely knew you. There we are. Matt Gates, it just gates worse. Oh, Matt's having a sad. Uh, he's whining now. Uh, he whined in a fundraising email. Rising to speak on the floor of the house, you know, he was booed. I was attacked and booed by rhinos for asking you to weigh in and contribute to this fight. I will not be lectured by Republicans who grovel and bend knee for the lobbyists and special interests who have hollowed out this town and borrowed against the future of our future generations. The future of our future generations? Uh, are those generations over-described? These lobbyists and special interests own our leadership and hate that I fund my political operation by asking patriotic Americans for $10, $20, $30 at a time. I got more enemies than ever just because I won't bend the knee. Maybe some people despise you because you uh, pay underage sex workers. Or brag about snorting Viagra. And chasing it with Red Bull so you can copulate all night. He's just a gross little fret boy. Oh, gee, Matt. I hope it doesn't hurt too little. Uh, we are into the second hour of the program. I suspect we should probably connect to the uh, Skype group if there's someone there to connect us. If I have to do it, we won't be able to be, we won't be able to have a back porch after the program's over. 
Um, this is funny, though. Um, uh, John uh, in Central PA asked, this isn't the funny part. Oh, there's Jeremy starting the group. Thank you. No, here's the funny part. Um, now that uh, uh, now that Mango Mussolini is complaining about uh, the value of Magaloco, you'll recall he said it's ridiculous that they said it's only worth eighteen million dollars, and then went so far as to say that it's. That that uh, that that tacky little bedbug infested shithole is uh, worth out. Uh, well, uh, he claimed that Magaloco is actually worth over a billion dollars. Uh, Eric the Dumber. Uh, tweeted that Magaloco was worth maybe a hundred times the 28 uh, between 18 and 28 million it was valued at and so Representative Jared Moskowitz a Democrat from Florida fired off a letter to the Palm Beach County Assessor writing uh, as I'm sure you are aware, your valuation of Mar-a-Lago has been cited in Judge Arthur Ngoron's determination this week that former President Donald Trump and the Trump Organization committed fraud by inflating the value of their assets. Between 2011 and 2021, you valued the Mar-a-Lago property between $18 million and just under $28. Mar-a-Lago was listed as worth $490 million in financial documents given to banks. If the property value of Mar-a-Lago is so much higher than it was appraised, will you be amending the property value in line with the Trump family belief that the property is worth well over a billion dollars? Of course, back when it came time to pay taxes on Magaloco, uh, in 2020, according to the Palm Beach Daily News, uh, he tried to say that... Uh, uh, Mar-a-Lago was less worth, worth less than $26.6 million. It seems like uh, Representative Moskowitz might be on to something. And he's going to owe a lot of back taxes in this. Uh, yes. Lots and lots. I wonder if maybe he's had a conversation with his idiot son. Uh, Representative Moskowitz uh, put out a... a, a, a statement on Shitter 
Donald Trump and his family have argued all week in his fraud trial that Mar-a-Lago is actually worth a billion dollars, even though its taxable value is listed at $18 million. So I wrote to Palm Beach County property appraiser that it's time for Trump to pay more in taxes. Charming. Uh, noting in his letter... Uh, Last week, Donald Trump posted the following on Truth Social. This highly partisan Democrat judge, all the clubs, etc., just ruled that Mar-a-Lago was worth just $18 million, when in fact it may be worth 100 times that amount. And then Eric the Dumber, echoing Daddy, said the same thing. Thank you for your consideration. Look forward to your prompt response. Congressman Moskowitz closed. Yeah. Every way he turns. There's another wall. And it's closing in. I hope it doesn't uh, hurt too little. Okay. Uh, I've filibustered into the second hour of the program. We've got $680 to try to raise to come even with the end of the first full week of October. And uh, uh, so far, we, we, we haven't started that yet. If anybody would like to get us started, that would be wonderful. But in the meantime, yeah, uh, over the river and through the woods. Hey, y'all. How's it going, Jeremy? Good. Just to uh, end any confusion in the group, I'm in here twice. Uh, Roger couldn't start the call, so someone turned me to a mod so I could do it. It's running off my home computer. I'm on my cell phone. So the second of me is just to keep the group open when I leave. Okay. If okay. I leave. Uh, I, I, uh, you are the uh, – uh, the, you're the uh, – what? The ninja throwing star icon too? Yes, that's me. But, but it won't be active because it's muted out. It's just to hold the program live. Will you have it until I get home later tonight or Roger shuts it off later? Okay, okay. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you. That that sure, means no that means people can continue talking. Uh, Christopher was in the room, and then Christopher's not in the room. Doggone it! Uh, but uh, well, how are you, Jeremy? Pretty good. Uh, getting ready for a big slug of rain here the next two days, but it's a three-day weekend, so I'll try to salvage Monday. We'll see. Oh, you get Indigenous People's Day off. Well, I work for banks, and they uh, go by federal holidays, so yes. Ah, very nice, very nice. Me too, I get the day off. Look at you, yeah. But that, uh, those federal holidays can be nice. I presume that I will be, I mean, why wouldn't I? But uh, we're not taking, we're not taking, we don't get federal holidays here. The boss is a real bitch about that. So I'll be here. And, yeah, I'm, we're getting rained on, too. And it looks like it's going to be a pretty sloppy weekend here. Um, high of 58 tomorrow and 52 on Sunday. Ew. Yuck. <sighs> Sorry, I don't mean to be such a, a gloomy Gerda about it, but, yeah. Yeah, I gotta take my air conditioners 
won't be turning those back on for a while, will you? Nah. No, I got a couple of small window units. Actually, pretty good this summer. I only had a couple stretches where we had a really – well, Labor Day week, I was on vacation. I hit it so I, – I picked I picked the week in February. I picked uh, Labor Day week, and uh, I couldn't have picked a better week. That was so hot that week. And I was home most of the time, and I just had that thing blasting day and night. Yeah, we uh, we we have window units here too. We've got one in the bedroom and one in the front room, and uh, we've got the little floor unit back here in the studio. And it, it's it's done a pre- it's done a pretty serviceable job over the over the uh, over the summer because it, it gets hot. This studio gets hotter than any other place in the in the house because of the uh, southern exposure and the very large windows. So you see what I put in the front porch? Uh, the last young gun has fallen. I posted oh. it in the chat room. Uh, uh, pick that picture of uh, McCarthy, Cantor, and uh, Ryan. Yeah. Young gun. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> Where are they now? Amazing. Huh. Oh. First was Cantor and got him out of the way. Freedom, freedom, the Freedom Caucus crazies. And then they got worked on Ryan. Makes you wonder if there's enough. Makes you wonder if there's enough monkey, monkey feces, feces in the world for them to fling around the joint. Well, that that's the next question. Somebody's got to get 218 votes. I'm not seeing it. You think there's that much excitement for Steve Scalise? Well, I got a feeling it's going to be Trump. I hate to say it. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe. Because in his twisted little brain, he's he thinks if he's Speaker of the House that they'll have to drop all the charges. Probably. He's probably so. Thinking. So well, I mean, I but but I had the story here that he's already said no and endorsed Jacket off Jordan. Okay, well that that could be true. true. So I heard it, that as well. no. So is this a further plot twist where? Well, you remember when? Uh, uh, you remember when Dim Leader uh, became president by uh, by Scotus Fiat. And he had uh-huh. to, he, and 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 before, and when he started to run, he wanted to, he, you know, of course, wanted to vet a running mate. And so he, uh, you know, his 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 crooked old daddy said, uh, "Well, Dick Cheney was already a good friend of mine. Maybe you should ask him to help you find a, a running mate, there, boy." And so he did, and Dick Cheney came back and said, "Well, Dub." I looked at everybody, and I can't find anybody who would be a better vice president than me. <laughs> and that's literally how uh, 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 Richard B. Big Time Dick Cheney, before he dicks you, Darth, uh, you know, um, Count Dickula. If I only had a heart. Yeah, <laughs> became became vice president and de facto uh, de facto ruled this country. Uh, and you know, got a million innocent Iraqis killed. 
does it? I mean, is that is that what this would be? Well, you know, Jim, I said I'd support you. I gave you my endorsement. But the people have spoken, and they want it to be me. I couldn't find anybody better to be speaker than me. Is that what this is? Is that what you're only thinking? Yeah, I think he thinks he's safe on base. Like, you can't be tagged. Tagged, not it. I, I, oxen free on base. <laughs> exactly. They can still, they can still prosecute him if he's the fact if he's just a speaker of the house. Sure, they can. They can. Ordinary Yeah, and so and you know, I mean, I'd be like, any of them judges worth their salt, they're gonna be like, yeah, okay, so what? Uh, maybe you're supposed to maybe be in court. he went. Yeah. Maybe he went around Marlard ass or wherever with his ketchup bottles and and was. Asking people, so if I'm speaker, does that mean they have to drop all the charges that they can't put me in prison? Do you think he's ketchup? Do you think any of them are in squirt bottles so that he can type, uh, he can he can spray red rum, red rum on the walls? <laughs> yes. Might be hard to squeeze with those little tiny fingers, but true that. But then he's third in line to the presidency. I know. Mm-hmm. And then, I think, he, was it you who that, were saying uh, they need to quadruple the security for Joe and yeah. Kamala? Yeah, because isn't there um, – have they ever resolved the problem with the Secret Service of, uh, you know, doing their job and uh, not being loyal to Trump? Have they, have they sniffed those people out yet? I don't know if that was ever fully resolved. Of course, that's a long-standing that's a long-standing problem. Back in uh, 2008, when Barack Obama won, uh, members yep. of the Secret Service were uh, emailing ginger jokes to each other. Yeah, you combine that with a military. I don't want to go crazy here now. Let's, let's not okay. not advocating anything. Not advocating anything. I'm just let's just do a Mr. Rogers neighborhood here. Or whatever you want to call it, um, you know, stranger things have happened. You yes. get two people, two people to go away. Well, this is actually you know? this is actually the plot to a wacky comedy, uh, one of those uh, immediate post World War II comedies uh, in in uh, uh, in Britain that a very young Alec Guinness starred in it. It was called Kind Hearts and Coronets. Kind Hearts and Coronets. It's really funny. But uh, there's a uh, there's a man, and he's an heir to a fortune. But the problem is he's an heir to a fortune that has five heirs in front of him. And so he concocts this plan whereby he will bump off all the heirs, and all the heirs are played by Alec Guinness. And so, I mean, if he was if he was even temporary Speaker of the House, if he was elected Speaker of the House, he'd be Speaker. And uh, the constitution, the, the constitution, uh, the constitutional succession would place him third in line. And then, what would the Senate do? You got Mansion and Cinema. They're not gonna. They're gonna 
fold like a house of cards, the two of them. So all but, no, but remember, you know, we had the clip of Joe on Morning Joe on, our, on my Filthy Morning Habit saying, I don't, think Amer- I don't think our democracy can stand another four years of Donald Trump. Well, if Trump, I'm just saying, if, all right, I don't, I don't want to go down this rabbit hole much more. I mean, it's... It's scary as hell. You get where I'm, but you get where I'm going. You get where I'm going. I think uh, here's my thoughts. I think he thought it was a really good idea at first because of notoriety, because people will pay attention to me. And right. maybe this is my get out of jail free card. You know, and then he started floating this past whoever will still listen to him. And they said, no, sir, you still have to go to court. And, and yeah. you have to be proven not guilty in a court of law. That that's that that ship sailed. And you're the framers the boat, of the Constitution so. engaged in election interference in twenty for the twenty twenty four election. The framers, those drag queens, they were all woke. <laughs> we got to still protect the airports. <laughs> oh my god. But and so then he was like, "Do you know how much work is involved in being Speaker of the House, sir?" And and uh, he was like, "What do you mean?" And he was like, "Yeah, you have to get up before noon." He was like, "Well, fuck that. I'm not doing this." <laughs> yeah, he's probably better off not doing it. But I'll tell you, it's probably tempting the people that want him back in power. Of course, you know what I mean. You play with a chipmunk? And cat. Well, the cat's playing with the chipmunk. I was, I was going to say, I, I'm not. There's no chipmunks in here. No. There's a big fluffy golden retriever puppy. Hold on, I'll be right though. back. I got to check on my pozole. Ooh, yummy. Uh huh. The whole house smells absolutely incredible. I'll be back in a bit. Oh, I haven't had that in forever. With the hominy in it and everything. Oh, yum. Yum, yum, yum. Uh, let me see here. I got a um, got an email. Uh, no, uh, John in Central PA said, uh, you think this speaker race may end up looking like Jefferson versus Burr, 35 or so ballots? I... It may end up looking like Hamilton versus Burr. We hawking, here we come. Of course, I don't know who would. I don't know who would have the upper hand in that. Uh, Steve Scalise or Jim Jacketoff Jordan? I think Jim Jacketoff Jordan's in better shape, but uh, Steve Scalise has already proven he can take a bullet. Oh, that was awful! Shame on me. But if we're going to engage in this rank speculation, and that's all that's all it is, Agent Fred, lighten up. Don't know. No, no, no. You don't have to put down the Krispy Kremes. It's okay. Then, in order in in order to become president, Nitwit Nero would have to, of course, get rid of the president and vice president. But it matters what order that happens in. I think he'd have to go. I think he would have to go after the vice president first.
or maybe or maybe I'm just nuts. Yeah, that makes sense. Go after the vice president. Because wouldn't wouldn't the vice president have to be uh, vetted by the Senate? Well, and I had you. Uh, discussion topic coming from George in Korsgold. Russia says that they may soon deploy nuclear-powered cruise missiles that can target at greater distances and loiter. What happens to the fuel when it blows something up? Well, that, I mean, that would that would be a form of a nuclear weapon, wouldn't it? Even if it's you know, even if it's not you know, actual nuclear uh, fish, a nuclear fission explosive, the presence of nuclear nuclear fuel would. Of course, I don't know. I don't know. How, I don't know how much uh, nuclear fuel it would take to propel a cruise missile. Uh, it's interesting that George would bring up the issue of nuclear uh, radiation. However, over at uh, Truthdig, I ran across a fascinating article, and it's about you know, I I, I read news stories about West Virginia. But while it's a West Virginia story, it's actually more of a... If, if there is fracking where you are, this is a you story. And this takes place up in Marion County, this story does. Marion County, the county seat is Fairmont. It's about, oh, 30 miles south of Morgantown, uh, wherein resides my once... Wonderful university, Harvard on the Mon, which is presently up on blocks in, in, in E. Gordon Gee's yard and being parted out. And uh, uh, writing at Truthdig, Justin Noble describes the scene. He said, It's around 4 p.m. one fine summer afternoon on a West Virginia hilltop when Dr. Yuri Gorby. A former Department of Energy scientist gets the first clicks on his Geiger counter. He's wearing a full-body plastic protective suit and using the device to survey a span of odd brownish dirt near the dilapidated main building of Fairmont Brine Processing. No, this is not a cheese-making operation like up in Wisconsin. A fracking waste treatment plant that ceased operations in 2017. These are the highest readings I've ever seen, he shouts. You want to come over here? And so, uh, Justin Noble describes, I follow Ohio organizer Jill Hunkler past a graffiti-covered security shack at a vaguely satanic-looking circle of busted-up furniture to find the 62-year-old scientist wearing a look of deep concern. The clicking, hauntingly familiar from Hollywood depictions of Chernobyl and post-apocalyptic scenarios, continues to quicken as Gorby walks toward the flame-scarred husk of the frack waste processing building. Bending over the odd brownish dirt, the clicks become furious beeps like a smoke alarm gone haywire, before merging into a high-pitched wail, a sound reminiscent of an emergency room patient flatlining. Gorby freezes. A microbiologist who worked for years at a federal radiological lab in Washington State he understands very well the meaning of the nerve-rattling screech. The unit is maxed out, he says. 
He's using a Ludlum 3000 Geiger counter. And it's reading around 7,000 counts per minute. That's just under 2 millirems per hour. And working at those levels for one week, never mind the 70 or 80 hour weeks common to the oil and gas industry, could take a worker over yearly safety limits set by the Nuclear Regulatory Commission. One week to exceed an annual limit. One week. And so there's toxic dirt. There's toxic brine. And, well, the fact that there's uh, empty beer cans all over the place suggests that the local teenagers show up there to party. And a a former oil field worker points to a soiled mattress on the site and says to Justin Noble, kids are screwing there. And there are, in fact, condoms, used condoms all over the grounds. Radioactive water, heavy metals, A pond of radioactive water contained by a grimy white liner stained orange from the metals in the brine. Near it, in the unloading area, we find a crumpled bathing suit. My God, says Hunkler, did they go swimming? The other side of the unloading area, rows of gigantic red, blue, and green containers known as frack tanks send the Geiger counter into another string of beeps. Open dumpsters filled with bags of trash, metal scraps, and wet heaps of yellowish-white goop that resembles oatmeal. I hope you didn't touch that, says Gorby, of the stuff. Highly radioactive. But hey, it's West Virginia, y'all. And we're cool with that. That sounds like a scene straight out of Toxic Avenger. Yeah, but I mean, it's cool, though. You know, because uh, as Joe Manchin famously says, West Virginia is open for business. But the problem is, like I said, it's not just West Virginia. Dumps like that are all over Ohio and Pennsylvania, too. Because Ohio and Pennsylvania are are the Wild West for fracking. Government regulation. Job-killing regulations. So, you guys uh, ever look at The Guardian online? At all? Yeah. No, no. My buddy used to work for them. Oh yeah. Oh. Mm-hmm. I, I have a subscription to it on the web. Okay. Yeah. Me too. And the other day, actually, the headline, The Guardian, was about the autumn temperatures being so hot, and they did a graph. I'll just try to describe it to you guys as best I could. Ken. So up, up until like 1980, the graph. The bars were in blue, so in other words, normal, you know, fairly cooler temperatures. Then after 1980, it started getting in the red a little bit here and there, more and more. And then rising up until this year, it's exponentially off the charts, red. Like, okay, these are graph, these are graph bars going up and down. Okay, so 
the middle being even and the, you know, so, uh, this year, 2023, well, you know, I think it's, there's, it might be just a Northern hemisphere. I'm not sure, but, uh, it's like off the charts. I mean, like exponentially shot up between this year and last year. And last year was pretty high. So I'm just saying. And the Amazon's like, they're really concerned about that being, I guess it's a lot worse than they thought. Let's just put it that way. Much worse. So. Yeah, Bolsonaro's hatchet job, he did a real good hatchet job on the Amazon. Oh. Just a short duration he was in there. Yeah. I, 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 I just don't get it, man. I mean, I just don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't know what these people think they're going to have when, when it's all over. They're not going to, you can have all the money in the world. You can't breathe and you can't drink any water. How good is it? But well, breathe, and, and, yeah, always and speaking, speaking of drinking the water though, uh, the article that I was just citing goes on to mention the fact that runoff from that toxic waste site goes into the Monongahela River. You know, I joke about Harvard on the Mon. The Mon is the Monongahela River. Uh, we used to have a good-natured joke in Morgantown asking, why does the Monongahela River flow north? And the answer is Pittsburgh sucks. Uh, it's just part of the old rivalry. I love Pittsburgh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd love to get there more often. God, there's a Polish deli down in the Strip District. Homemade pierogies. They they, they 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 oh they make their own kielbasa. I mean, it's several different types. It's amazing. Noah's got the. I don't live near there, but it's fifty miles east of me, Worcester, Worcester, Mass. Has some, Worcester. I don't know if they're still Worcester. there, but they Worcester, Worcester. They've got some. Uh, they got a few good Polish delis there. A few of them actually. Uh, we got we got a couple here around here, but they make they um, make homemade haluskis, you know, cabbage rolls. Mm. Oh, the tomato sauce that goes on the. But anyway, they're, I'm getting, turning this into food point. Yeah. No. So the the, the this frack waste water drains uh, drains into the Monongahela River. The, Mahong, the Monongahela River flows north, joins the Allegheny, and forms the Ohio. And along the way, that Monongahela River water is guess what? The drinking water source for God alone knows how many people. Yeah. Ain't that just awesome? <laughs> Not too many rivers in this country that are, that are pretty safe for drinking water. I mean, even the Mississippi River, I was down south, I was seeing it. They use that for drinking water, apparently, I guess. You know, quite, a, quite a few places down there. But. Well, where I grew up in Alabama, we did not use the Tennessee River. We used Cypress Creek, which drains. What are you going to do? Which yeah. Thing, yeah, unless you got a well or something, you know, you you, you got to work with what you got. You got to, you know. Well, and well, and we know we as, can uh, clean this up. Chicago did a great job of cleaning up the Chicago River. Well, and you know, a, a, a generation after it caught fire, they uh, did a pretty good job of cleaning up the Cuyahoga in uh, in, in Cleveland. The problem, though, is it can be done. That wasn't necessarily radioactive waste. Well. There's that. This what's is. The, uh, yeah, what's the half-life? I, I, I don't know. Uh, but, no. by the way, this part, the person who wrote this article has been um, at equally dodgy sites um, in, like, uh, 
Denver Julesburg, uh, Permian Oil Patch, West Texas, where he found a food stand selling tacos in the parking lot of a fracking wastewater disposal site, uh, a heavily fracked area south of Pittsburgh. Uh, there, a towering landfill of oil field waste looms over a county fairground. But that one in, 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 in Marion County, West Virginia, is the worst the author has ever seen. And the funny thing is, and we, you know, we learned, we learned this to our horror and detriment. Anybody who ever saw the documentary Gasland saw the, saw the, uh, the, the footage of the person turning on the tap water and lighting it. Yep, I remember that. And um, and that's on top of the stuff that mountaintop removal does anyway. You know, you, 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 if you're on a well and, and you open your tap, what comes out looks like... Uh, tomato soup and it smells like rotten eggs but guys and gals there's nothing to worry about because we all know Jeebus is coming back soon and what is he going to do he's going to make all things new nothing to worry about besides you're all overreacting you survived the 5G blast two days ago with national alerts you're fine oh yeah oh that's right the vaccine I got activated oh my I nearly jumped out of my shoes. Have you started getting messages from Bill Gates through the uh, liquid barcodes? <laughs> yeah, it, it, all I when I close my eyes, all I can see is a blue screen. Oh dear. Well, at least that obnoxious hourglass is gone, right? I- I got you beat, Chris. The, uh, oh, and the paperclip haunts me. <laughs> he haunts my dreams. Paperclip haunts you. Well, my messages from the Nigerian prince have tripled since that day. Yeah, my Nigerian prince. <laughs> he's gonna, he's gonna come take you away, whisk you away, Robin. Ah, maybe a little too big to whisk, Christopher. <laughs> the whisking days are over. Yeah, I mean that's that we were talking about southern, southern speech uh, uh, last night, and uh, another thing they say is, "Yeah, he's going to come and carry me to the grocery store." Uh, you better bring one of those U-Haul hand trucks, honey. Definitely quiet tonight. Yeah, it is. Um, I don't. don't Where's Steve? Well, they're. I don't know. Uh, he and Miss Karen may be out, or you know, enjoying her retirement, or or, or Steve I'm may. How about the other Steve? Steve may be. Uh, uh, well, either Steve may be burning the midnight oil and working too hard, or in the case of Steve and Miss Karen, uh, they they may just be doting over sweet little Kenley. 
their new well, their, safe to talk right, football. Their new pop. Safe to talk football event right now. The Bears. The Bears got on the board last night. How about that? Right? Yeah, it's that, the Redskins. I mean, uh, the Commanders. But... Boy, uh, they're giving Mac Jones a hell of a hard time up here in New England, uh, Robin, your former uh, Alabama Alamabra there. Yeah. He's, uh, he's got nothing to work with. But I don't know. Did you watch a game against the Cowboys, how he did? No. Anybody? Oh, my God, he was awful. He, he, he kind of quit a little bit. Uh, he had a little bit of quit in him, and Belichick, I don't know if you heard what he said. Belichick took him out in, like, the third quarter, and they're like, why did he do it? And, and why'd you do it? And, of course, you know, Belichick, he's like, oh, there's no sense leaving him out there. Yeah. And you know what he did? At some point, point, you just pull the plug, right? So, so with the press conference, which quarterback went up first? It was Bailey Zappi, the backup quarterback. Belichick sent him up for talk. And he was probably Yeah, this is not this, this doesn't say, look like it's can, gonna, this doesn't look like not, it's gonna be a Patriots year. Uh no. No, not think, at all. I think that era is over, bro. I mean, uh you know, it's fun while it lasted. I grew up you know, they were losers when I grew up. They were like the Red Sox and Helmets. That's when uh, a local area Oh wait uh, a minute. Red Sox and Helmets. <laughs> Red Sox with helmets. This guy was SebastianSports.com. His, his name was, he called himself Sebastian. Not sure what his real name is. It might be his real name. I'm not sure. He worked for uh, WCCC out of Hartford. And he had, I don't know if he still does, he used to be called SebastianSports.com. He was like into selling, you know, picks back in like 2003, two, whatever. And I haven't, I you know. I haven't seen him around. I haven't heard from him. It was a long time ago anyway, but he used to call them the Red Sox at home. It's the Patriots. And, uh, that's funny, but you know, we, uh, you know what his, he was a conservative. He was like, he was a jerk, kind of a, kind of a jerk, but he called independence. If he said his theory on independence, if you're, he said, if you call yourself an independent, you're a Democrat. He, that's what, that's what he, uh, that's what his theory was. But, no, he sounds like a jackass no. because independent. Yeah, oh, he was. Yeah. He was. He was. He was. Independent. He was, independents are, are are just Republicans who are afraid to say it out loud. Yeah, well, and, his theory and was libertarians the, are Republicans who want to get high. He 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 was hell bent on, and people would call him on it. Like, what do you mean? I, I'm an independence would literal independence would call in and say, I'm an independent, and I, you know, they'd run down all their voting, and and he's like, I don't care, but you know. You, you were in the business, Robin. He, he probably does it for, you know, gets a call. Indep- Independents do their research, you know. Yeah, right. But, but anyway, yeah, it's – New England's going to be – they're – it's Yeah, it's, they're, it's, it's that division's <laughs> too tough, man. It's way too tough. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember watching all the way back to the Jim Plunkett era. And he oh, had, yeah. He, um, he had yep, he had yep. to leave New England to have any success in in, in pro football in Oakland, yeah. yeah. And they had some decent teams. Chuck Fairbanks had a yeah, did a pretty good job there. Yeah, it was, it, but, yeah, it, yeah. Did I did I did I misname the uh, did I misname the, the the documentary with the burning water? Uh, yeah, that uh, Gasland. Thank you, TJ. Thank you. Gasland. Yeah. Um, There's two of them, right? 
Yeah, I think this would be the first three? one. Oh, the first one. You're, yeah, that's the one you're talking about. Yeah. Hey, I wanted but, to. I, I wanted, segue. I, I, well, just one, just one second, ahead. Christopher. I, I wanted to bring this. Kevin kind of brought the. I have yeah. been. I have been a Democrat all my life. Me too. They, uh, when I was, when I, when I was turning eight, when I turned 18, I was a senior in high school. And we took a, a, our government economics class, took a field trip down to the county courthouse, and all the 18-year-olds got to register to vote. And I registered Democrat, and I've been a registered Democrat ever since. And not to put too fine a point on it, but that's 42 years. Mm, yeah. But I don't know. Um what do you do? And, and I, this is a legitimate question. I'm not. Be, I'm not. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not playing games here. Yeah. What do you do when your party in your state has become moribund? What do you What do you do when uh, the the leadership of the state party is just a hot self-aggrandizing mess? Got to change leadership. Uh, what do you? Um, I mean, we've got nine members of the West Virginia House of Delegates who are Democrats. The rest are Republicans. Two members of the thirty or so member West Virginia Senate. Two are Democrats. And I, I may be wrong, but I don't see that changing for a while. Now, while you know who is still upright and walking or toddling, I mean, but if one is, you know, what, what kind of a home does one have if one is an independent? In this state, that means that you can vote in either primary, but not both. An independent okay. can vote in the Democratic primary, and an independent can vote in the Republican primary. Same here. Hmm. Now, down south, it's really screwed up. And any registered voter can vote in either primary. So they play games down there where uh, they will, where the other party will go in and vote for the shittier candidates in yeah. the other party's primary. Right. But, I mean, I have nothing in common with Republicans in this state. Zero. I don't hate the right people. And arguably, most of the people in West Virginia probably don't have anything in common with Republicans either, but yet they still vote for them. Right. So, do I, so, so do I just kind of suck it up and, and, and stay a Democrat? I mean, you got to... Nobody, nobody, nobody's going to win any elections as a Democrat. This, this, this state leadership is not going to elect anyone. It's going to take demographics to change, right? I mean, uh-huh. West Virginia, how far behind is West Virginia demographically that the rest of the country? Probably it's still way majority white, right? Oh, yeah. And what about age? Are there are youngsters fleeing that state? Oh, God, yes. See, that's the problem. And and with what they did to us. Probably West- going to a place like Georgia, which is turning purple. Is, is, yeah, it's purple. I mean, it's but the thing with Oregon. Georgia is, 
it, Georgia is purple because of Atlanta. Right. Well, yeah, definitely. Maybe to a certain extent, Savannah. Yeah, Savannah. But remember, Rome is in Marginal Trailer Queens District. Uh-huh. Uh, Alabama's going to have a new voting map. They will have a second uh, majority black district. That just they finally get that straightened out. Uh, that just happened. They just, that just happened in uh, the the last couple of days. A three judge panel hired finally. a cartographer and you know, various experts. They drew up three different maps, and this comes close to what the Supreme Court said to do, but it's not all the way there. But no. that district is likely to elect a black member to Congress so the, uh, so that there are two districts that will send people of color to the to the Congress instead of a uh, godforsaken pasty-faced doughy maggot well look at the razor thin line in 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 the house right yeah that's every that's, member matters and that map will be in effect in 2024 that's good Hey, going back to the, you know. Yeah, you wanted to segue. Go ahead, Christopher. Yeah, you missaid Redskins, right? No, no, it's Kevin. We had kind of a little, we had a little talk about this with my Bears group, right? Uh And it's like, and and a member of our group said the same thing, and I corrected him, and he said, "Well, can I can I say Redskins? Is that still wrong?" And it's like, "Well, yeah, but now here's the thing." If you're talking about history and you're talking about the hogs and you're talking about John Reagan's and you're talking about all those folks, is it fair to call them the Redskins? Maybe maybe the right term would be the team formerly known as the Redskins. You know what? There's an odd there's an odd uh, overlap here (laughs) because in a way it's a dead name. And that's an uh, that's an that's an that's an ongoing conversation, but. Generally speaking, when someone has transitioned, you still refer to that person by their current name, even from their before time. Oh, so you you say John Riggins, the co- the old commander? Yeah, yeah, really? John, yeah, John, so John, John, John Riggins, who who went uh, who. Who, uh, pun- who, who, a punishing runner, always running up the, you know, running up the middle for the commanders. Yes. That's what you say. Yeah. Huh. Okay. Now the other thing is, I said, well, you know, if anyone who knows anything about Handmaid's Tale knows damn yeah. sure well what Commander is. Yep. Yeah. That's all. Oh, so I didn't like, think about that. Did that's they go, creepy. Did they jump it from the fire out of the pot into the fire? By changing the name from the Redskins to the Commanders, right? Well, yeah. The name Commanders is that like a a local uh, Maryland thing? I, I don't I don't. I no, don't really... co- Commander in Chief. Oh, okay, yeah. I got it. Because you know they couldn't right. do the Washington Presidents, and they couldn't do uh, <laughs> they couldn't do the Washington Congress. The Washington bureaucrats was just that that one never got off the ground. Washington lobbyists. I think I think they should have been the Washington Swamp Things. <laughs> Imagine the logo. Yeah, the creature from the Black Lagoon. They could steal that logo. 
So and and okay, now do you have any backstory? I had one little article that I briefly read that was off a sports page about the group uh trying to get the name changed back. Robin, do you have any backstory on this? Uh, I, I, I ran across it. Uh, by the way, John in Central PA just said my mic is lower than everybody else, so hopefully... The, uh, hope, yes, uh, that's true. Okay, I just yeah, tweaked it, it a little bit. Uh, no, uh, and, and I, I, don't, I don't think they, could, they can't force that. I don't know how they could force it, right? I mean... What's who, it? Magic, uh, who, Magic owns the team now, right? Uh, a portion of it, at least. <laughs> huh? A portion of it. Yeah, a portion of it. I don't know if he's a majority owner. I don't know. The more I, I think, I the more I think about it, the Washington Swampers is kind of good, but that would probably piss off everybody. That would piss off everybody in uh, in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. What are those really ugly turtles called that live in the swamp? Their tongue is like a worm or something. Is it the what kind of turtle is that? I'm trying to think. Spiky turtle or something. I, well, you you you, uh, you just you just you just succeeded in in uh, playing stump the hostess. Yeah, I can't remember what the damn thing is called. It's really ugly. It's one of the ugliest animals on the planet. That could be not not to, not to another ugly turtle though. I know, just like a platypus. Like what the hell? You know, when somebody says, "Oh yeah, there has to be creative design," is that what they call it? Intelligent design. I'm like. Look at that platypus, man. There's no fucking way any intelligent designer would have come up with that. There's no. Sorry, no. Yeah, Robin Williams had a great bit on that. Animal. <laughs> what? Oh, it's a uh, it's a type of orangutan. Um, sometimes it lives in Florida. Sometimes it comes up to New York for court. It's really, really orange. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> And it's got a constant case of the red ass. Mm-hmm. <coughs> yep. Permanent. Permanent. And instead case. of and instead of a prognathic mouth mouse mouth, it's got a uh, it's got a it, its mouth looks like a cat's ass. Yeah. <sighs> We're in rare form. Hey, John. Got the I just saw words. you pop in there. It does have the best words. Hey, everybody. How you doing? Good. How are Hi, you John. Doing? Hey, Chris. Oh, you mind if I ask you a question? Uh-huh. See what you guys think no, about I this. I don't oh. mind. Oh, okay. Good. <laughs> uh, uh, it's a it's kind of a legal question. You know, you know Mark Elias? Yeah. The name. Yeah. 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 Um, he does a lot of litigation. Okay. Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah. I think he does pretty good work, but like he was doing, he was working with the White House for a little bit. This is, this is an old little bit of, this is going back a few months, but he kind of came up lately, so it kind of popped in my head again. Uh, but he was working with the White House for, on some, I guess, litigation and stuff, and they cut ties with him. And they're, and, and, and this is where like I, I want to know what people's opinion is because I kind of see both sides of the, of this because, you know, the White House cut ties and said, well, Mark just wants to bill hours, you know, and uh-huh. basically a kind of accusing him of being a grifter, sort of. And how Mark is that not Elias every? How said, is that not every lawyer in D.C.? Right. right. But, but, well, well, he, his his uh, 
argument was, well, the reason that is because I'm flooding the zone. You know, he's like, I got to get as many cases, you know, out there as possible and try to win as many as possible. And his his win rate is pretty high, I think. So I I want to know. Good. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I cut you off. You go. I was just going to say, I just want to see what you guys' opinion on this is. I I didn't hear about so he was working with the White House doing whatever and, and they cut him they, they cut him off. Yeah, they cut they cut ties with him and it wasn't like a big like big deal. It was a sort of like a it was kind of like you know thanks for your you know service and everything, but we're kind of you know it wasn't a big deal, right? I'm just it, again it's kind of I, I wanted to get everybody's opinion on that, you know, because I I just kind of can see both sides of that situation there. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, it's kind of like watching two of your favorite football teams play. You don't really, you know, I don't know. I just want to see what your opinion on that is. It's kind of a weird situation there. And I kind of see both sides. I I understand where they're coming from at the white house, but at the same time, you know, like Steve from New York says, we, you know, about flooding the zone. So all I know is, uh, from what I could, from what I've seen in the guy, he's, he's the real deal. He's. I mean, he's he works tirelessly um, all over the country. I mean, he's got things going everywhere for voter fraud, you know, I mean, access and you name it, re- redistricting, any, anything that's nefarious that the Republicans are trying to do to stop people from voting. He's a uh, democracy docket. They, he's, he's, he does good work. I mean, he's sure, a real deal, huh? I think so. I mean, uh, I don't like follow him every day, but I check in on it every once in a while. But he like puts all kinds of uh, court cases through, and he apparently, I, I guess, he does have a high win rate. I mean, according to what's your name, John? That's yeah, that's John. John, John, John hey, of John. Central PA. Yeah, so he's got a big. You got he's got a big win rate. That's I, I'm not surprised. I mean, the guy, he's you know he's a. Somebody like him, he's been out there, and uh, I think if you take him off the board, boy, it would, it would be a big void. There's he, yeah. he works. There's nobody out there. I don't think that's doing the kind of work he's doing. I mean, I don't know what he was doing. Was he probably he was like an advisor or something like that? Maybe. I, I guess he was a consultant, yeah, or something like that. Yeah, I, I'm not sure. I he could do he could do the same work out of, out of the White House. He doesn't need. I mean, and he has been. And this is a yeah. few you know months back, maybe a month or two back when this story came out. And he has been working. Uh, I just think I just don't think he's been working with them anymore or something. I don't know. I, I don't know. Maybe you guys didn't see that that. But he, he came up recently again because again another win of his whatever. And I just kind of remembered that looking back at it, and I thought, yeah, that's an interesting you know argument on both sides you know um but i and i i support both sides i'm sure both sides yeah you know, i'm sure they had their reasons for it i bet money you know my budget if i don't want the republicans to get on them about the budget or something yeah well i mean john it it you're not wrong to have your antenna up because we we've seen lots and lots of democratic um democratic operative grifters roll through that city and Robbie Mook forced first and foremost amongst them. Right. Uh, yeah. so you're not wrong. Um, but, uh, it's nice to hear what Kevin's saying that this guy's, this guy's a real deal. And, uh, I mean, I have a, man, 
I haven't heard anything shady about the guy. He's he's been around a little while, and I haven't heard any kind of shady stuff about him, like you know, pocketing money or you know, because I think they have. I think you can donate to. Yeah, you can donate to Democracy Docket if you want. And I haven't heard anything like him, you know, taking money or anything like that. I, I donate to Docket. Okay, there you go. Yeah. Hey, he reminds me of Greg Pouts. You guys remember him? I, I guess Greg's probably a little I older, love Greg. Right? Yeah, yeah I love Greg. Uh, he's good. Yeah, he's he's just like pretty similar to him. Yeah, he's but, focused but, on but, Georgia primarily now, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. And Mark does a lot. He's multifaceted or, uh, you know, whatever you want to say. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's good to see people like that out there doing that good work if you're a lawyer and all that. And, you know. And Robin, to answer your question, I think that's really the only way to turn your state around is to have folks like that fighting, fighting hard. Folks like you fighting hard. Well, part and part of this is, you know, the the, the years the filing, you know, uh, candidate filings will take place at the end of January, or by the end of January, and I'm 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 in the midst of a decision making process, and file running as a Democrat is just running to lose. So you think if you file as an independent, you'll get more votes? Might. Wouldn't have to waste. Might. Wouldn't have to make. Uh, wouldn't have to waste money on a primary. I think it's a good move. In your state, yeah. Why not? And you're 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 a little you're you're a little more able, I think, to uh, talk about issues. Without being prejudged in the negative, because frankly, and and it's so disheartening, y'all. Yeah. This this did this wasn't like some pale sky blue state. This state was navy blue. Yeah. Dark, midnight blue. Mm-hmm. Until Joe Manchin got his paws on it. Whoa, you really think it traces back to him? I know it does. Oh, I mean, shit. association is not causation. But in this case, it looks like causation. In 1968... Did West Virginia in 19, go, go in 19, for Gore or no? No. In 1968, the Manchin family teamed up with uh, Arch Moore, the crookedest man ever to be the governor of the state of West Virginia. When he died, they had to screw him into the dirt <laughs> and formed Democrats for more. In 1996, and I think I mentioned this yesterday, in 1996, a woman named Charlotte Pritt became the first woman ever to be nominated for governor in this state. And she got there by beating Joe, Joe Manchin in the primary. And he went on a sleaze campaign, and just as in 1968, he was the motive force behind something called Democrats for Underwood. Now, Cecil Underwood 
was a former executive vice president for Island Creek Coal Company, had been the youngest governor of West Virginia, and in 1996 became the oldest governor of West Virginia. And was such a drunk that they that there would be official functions and they would prop him up in the corner of the room like the corpse at an Irish wake. <laughs> uh, and, and so Joe Manchin loses in 1996, makes sure that a horrid Republican becomes governor. And at the and when Joe Manchin became governor of this state, uh, what we call what we call the the statewide elective offices are uh, in our constitution is the board of public works, and that's the governor, the secretary of state, the treasurer, and the auditor. And we held all those offices, and every member of our of our congressional delegation was a Democrat. The legislative, the legislature was Democrat, both houses. Democrats held the Supreme Court, the Supreme Court of Appeals of West Virginia. And in the short span of twenty years, every last bit of that is gone. And the only thing there, the only thing you can point to, is what Joe Manchin did to the Democratic Party by turning it into his own cult of personality mm-hmm. because he got in and started doing what mansions do uh, as far back as 1968 there was an old saying in this state that mansions never vote for any democrat whose name isn't mansion they are that, that, that family has been a blight on this state which is kind of funny because at one point in time Joe's uncle, A. James Manchin, was Secretary of State, and he put out a, a poster of himself uh, wearing a white suit and standing on an, uh, on an open dump up some holler somewhere, and he was noted for his oratory, and he said, let us purge our proud peaks of these jumbled jungles of junkery. But in, 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 in 20 short years, well, okay, six, 27 short years if you count 1996, Joe Manchin has managed to entirely destroy the Democratic Party. Because for the most Would part... Would you also Joe, attribute it to the rise of the uh, mountaintop removal and the loss of all the coal, coal jobs? Yeah, to a certain extent. And, and to a certain extent in that regard, the United Mine Workers of America are partially responsible. Because they fucked up something fierce back in the 1980s, the Pittston strike, and then they became, and then and then uh, uh, Don Blankenship rises and makes Massey Massey Cole a major player and uh, and 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 was an avowed union buster. He literally he literally studied, went to South Africa to study uh, how the apartheid regime had worked to break the African National Congress. Hmm. He literally studied knee break kneecappers and 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 racists 
and brought what he learned back home and turned his wrath upon the United Mine Workers, who did not who did not respond at all well. And so the and, and so, you know, in the 1980s there were a hundred thousand coal miners in West Virginia. Mm-hmm. There are less than ten thousand today. Mm-hmm. Mountaintop removal so was a need, big part of that. You don't because, need them, right? Yeah, you don't need them. You know, ten ten guys and some heavy equipment can take down five thousand acres in five years. You know, when you were talking about Joe Manchin uh, dabbing his mouth with the napkin, mm-hmm. I was thinking, well, the, well, possibly what's going on is uh, Blankenship or Bob Massey are off screen, just off screen, with their, with their pants off. No cowbell for that? Yes. <laughs> okay. Oh, by the way, by the way, Sumon gave me a, a cowbell. <laughs> For it's it, it's really really orange and has a terminal case of the red ass. So thank you, Simon. That was funny, Chris. And uh, uh, Kevin, thank you. Thank, thank you. Thank you for jumping in and keeping us from being a goose egg this evening. That means we are down to six fifty five. Six fifty five to come up even. That would be fifty five fifty five bucks, and we're done for Wednesday, which is awesome. And then uh, yesterday and today are unfunded. So. Thank you, Kevin. Thank you very much. Uh, you're welcome. You know, I'm watching the uh, Kaiser Permanente strike there. Those. Oh yeah. I, when medical. am I going to get my vaccine? That's yeah. where. I, that's where I go to get my vaccines. You know, a lot of these nurses and a lot of medical workers are really, really, really stressed out. They pay oh, them good. Time. They're making good money, but it's not the you know, it's not the money. You know, they you know they offer lots of bonuses and stuff like that, but um, they can only do so much. You know, they they sticking with like eight or nine patients to watch a night. That's a lot. You know, and yeah, the staffing at the clinics. I mean, it's like yes. six day weeks, seven day weeks. Yeah, they're just not. They're not of people. Any hospital, and, yeah, clinic, yeah, they're pretty much the same. My, yeah. my, my Kaiser doctor, my wife and I have the same doctor. He has twenty three hundred patients. What? Yes. Jesus. <laughs> That's insane. And he can keep them all straight too. Holy shit. Oh, sorry about that. I mean, we know how much COVID, well, and even before COVID, I mean, we just don't know how to do health care in this fucking country, right? We're closing hospitals all over the place. Well, but, the, but people but, working on ever, ever thinner, thinner, thinner margins, right? But Christopher, a lot of those hospital closures are self-inflicted wounds in maggot states. Right. I mean, they just are. People vote these maggots into office, and then the maggots come in, and they, well, like, you know, Florida, Texas, Stan, the two most, uh, the two most thoroughly uninsured states in the union, refused the free money uh-huh. to expand Medicaid. 
that money, yep. that Medicaid money would have kept hospitals open. Uh, rural hospitals are closing all over the South. And it's not all just the South. Uh, with, uh, with, with the, our most puissant dread sovereign Supreme Catholic Majesty's ruling in Dobbs, uh, a maggot state like Idaho, uh, one rural hospital just lost their maternity department. And remember, they were saving the fetuses, right? Uh-huh. Well, the, the maternity department just closed. Maternity departments in Texas are under threat because the, the, the laws there are so draconian and so utterly and absolutely vicious that... Maternity's a four-letter word in that state. Yeah. Yeah, but the doctors the doctors don't know if they can treat their patients without going up the river. That's crazy. And they're leaving. They're 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 taking pregnant women in crisis, and telling them, well, you know, your baby's dying, but it ain't dead. Right. So you need to go sit in your pickup truck until. Well, until you're at death's door and the baby is dead. Yep. So yeah, go you're not si- quite septic enough. Yeah, so go wait for your baby to die inside of you. Because we love Jesus. And we love fetuses. And so if you're a healthcare worker in those states or a doctor, why the fuck would you stick around for that? Right. Um, one of the prison? Uh, one of the, one of the one of the specialists, you know, because specialties have subspecialties. Uh, one of the specialists in crisis pregnancies uh, or or high risk pregnancies in Louisiana just left, and that doctor was the only doctor that did that. Bye. Doc, doctors are leaving Idaho. Nurses, everybody. Yeah. And, and 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 you know it's it, that part of it and I'm not dis, I'm not necessarily I'm not disagreeing with you Christopher. But that part of it is a matter of choice. It's not because our healthcare system is fucked up. Our healthcare system is fucked up, but they fucked it up worse. And well, consider all the trans medical bans going on, or you know, telling trans kids to just yeah, suffer, too. just suffer, just try to hang on. Ah, well, you know, don't try to hang on. Uh, we're 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 a Christian maggot state, and we'd really prefer if you unalived yourself, because we don't want your kind in our society. You're not people. I mean, you're you're hearing echoes all over the right wing. Yeah, you're not right the right kind of people. You're not cisgender and heteronormative and white and Christian. The whole the same words like vermin and cockroaches and those type of terms are they're reappearing all over the right wingosphere, blogosphere, on the radio waves. Yeah, I mean, there that's those are the words coming back. And we know what hap- what that leads to. As a matter of fact, I have a piece of audio here. Uh, you might uh, you might find this interesting, perhaps helpful. Uh, 
Where is it? I have a, or had, well, and just to, you know, usually we like to think that Gen Z and Gen Alpha are going to be better, but um, Burlington, Massachusetts, Kevin. Burlington, Mass., yeah. Marshall Simons Middle School. Yeah. Uh, Students there rioted. And destroyed pride event decorations while screaming, USA are my pronouns. That's a pretty well to do town, Burlington. Big rivalry with Bill Ricca. Burlington and Bill Ricca. Yeah. I'm not surprised. Uh, I don't. I, I had this. Um, I, what I have here is a little girl speaking to like a county government or something. Um, oh, there it is. little girl named Allison and her daddy showed up at a uh, county government meeting in Utah. In Utah. And her daddy spoke first, standing there at the podium at the school board. He had his arms wrapped around his daughter, protecting her. And this is this and this is what was said. And granted, I'm more sensitive to these kinds of things. But I wept. Because these kinds of these kinds of remarks are being made all over the United States by children just begging to be allowed to live. So I'm here to address the board as the father of Allison Sitabanchai. She's been stirring up all the commotion and just trying to find acceptance. So we came here to respond to the chorus of disapproval that uh, is trying to gain momentum to hinder acceptance from the larger community for my daughter. You know, one that if you've known her for her whole life. Uh, I'm going to interrupt just for a second. I didn't want to, but I have to. You need to understand this little, this 11-year-old little girl has been the target of full-throated, full-blown hatred from grown adults who, of course, consider themselves Christians. I'm going to try not to interrupt this time. Community for my daughter, you know, one that if you've known her for her whole life, you'd know this is exactly who she's always been. It's never been any different, you know, and she doesn't have any charges of of predation, of trying to circumvent privacy. There's no problem. So when she goes to use the bathroom, her friends that are girls say, 
I don't understand why you're using that other bathroom. You should just be using the bathroom with us. And we see patterns where the girls that typically have issues with her using the bathroom are the ones that have parents that have issues with her using the bathroom. So it's, she's just a child, the same as everybody else. You know, she's not looking to, to hurt anybody else's children. And if they spent time with her, they would know her humanity. And they would just see, yes, you're just a normal, natural person too. And so if you'd like to, you can introduce yourself. Do you want to? Hi, I'm Allison and I wrote this in my free time. Hello, fathers, daughters, mothers, and everybody else who came here today with fear, anger, and confusion. Free feelings that hurt inside badly. I came here not to fight, but to make peace. How am I going to do that? Well, I'm going to tell a story. An autobiography, if you may. Well, as far back as I can remember, I always chose dresses, makeup, makeup, wigs, and dolls. My first Halloween costume that I chose to do was a zombie vampire bride. So weird, right? Who thinks of that? Well, I did. I remember the first dress I wore was a pretty white gown. When I wore it, it felt special. Not like anything else. It was the best feeling. It felt like magic. When my loving mom first curled my hair and I looked in the mirror, I wanted to cry because I saw not the person I was supposed to be, but the person I am. Because when I imagine myself as a grown human, I see a woman dancing in a white dress through a meadow of flowers. And when I see that, I know that's who I am. And I I just want the space and acceptance to be me. Thank you. Okay, so. We've heard people. We've heard people talk about abuses, and and what that is. I mean, she's experienced that pretty much every day, where she comes home and she has to ask me, Dad, how come it has to be this way? Is this not right? Is this, you know, every day, she has to defend herself. She has to stick up for herself. They talk about courage. This is what courage looks like. They talk about abuse. Well, she's sitting here listening to these words where she's not accepted as who she is. They, they want to say that she's something that she is not. And when she told me, Dad, this is who I am, and I, I've seen her her whole life, it, I, I wasn't shocked. I wasn't surprised. I was like, yes, that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. That's who you are. That's who you've always been. You know, when she was little, I bought her cars and all of the stuff that you think that you were supposed to buy them. But as soon as she can choose, she pointed that way. And that's just what it was. And there was no confusion. There was no evilness behind it. There was nothing unnatural about it. It was just the child wanting to be a child. It has nothing to do with politics. It has nothing to do with being woke. It has nothing to do with any of this weird stuff. It's just she wants to go to to the school and... She looks like this. And so if she goes into the, the boys' restroom, she's not accepted there. She goes into the girls' restroom, she's not accepted there. It's, it's so silly. It's, it's so silly that people are more willing to call their car a woman than a child that's just asking, accept me as a girl. It's just so crazy to me. 
But thank you for listening to us. Thank you. Will you tell me your name? I'm Jesse. Jesse, okay. I'm counting you as two speakers then. I'll put you on the record. We all think of that. That was good. He, he laid it out. I think the father did a really, really good job of saying how he bought the cars and all the stuff that he thought he was supposed should have bought and how his daughter is just a normal person and there's no, there's nothing weird about it. There's nothing, like you said, there's nothing nefarious. Nefarious or devilish or rumor. Yeah, you know, it's it's just it happens. It's it's just I got somebody a customer that uh, has a trans daughter and not going through. I mean, Amherst a lot more receptive, but uh, still having even in, even in that town still having some issues with 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 things. I think he played, laid it out pretty plain and simple, and she backed it up with her true self story. You know, I think it's pretty plain. I was kind of holding but my breath The ultra breath religious people, I mean, they're just going to totally discount that, right? I, I, I thought I was holding my breath there. I was, I was waiting for like people like in the room to start like yelling at her or something. I'm like, right. oh my! If they start yelling at You're this going kid, to hell. Yeah. yeah, but. At least that didn't happen, thank God. Right. No, that was really good, Robin. Thanks for playing it. Really. Yes. Well, I had a note I had a note from Steve in New York earlier. And he said because I, I, I've gotten to the point where I'm kind of self conscious about raising these issues. Because of some of the some some of the things that members of this community have said to me. Ah. That, that I, I talk about it too much. And how it made some of them feel all icky and gross. But Stephen New York said, you have taught a middle-aged gay man to pay a hell of a lot more attention to these issues. And what I'm learning from this, Steve said, is that y'all are the canary in the coal mine right now but if anyone even if they're cis and white and straight don't if anyone thinks that they're not coming for all of us they're fools yep it's reverend niemuller's poem yeah it really is you are on the front lines you're 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 the first ones off the boat in um saving private ryan We've literally been saying this about Trump and his people for four, five, six, almost eight years now. You don't think you're on the list. They just haven't called your name yet. You're on that fucking list. It's just a matter of time. The yeah, fascists have to cleave portions of the population off, right? <laughs> Hit You and him fight, and, and that's how they win. Exactly. Um I need to send I, I need I need to send some thank yous out real quick. Thank you so kindly to Colin. Thank you, Colin, and thank you to uh, Routes. Thank you. 
so we are now fully funded for this past Wednesday, and we started funding for Thursday. And that means, let's see, what does that mean? That means we are at, uh, let's see, 575. 575. So we got 275 to go for yesterday and 300 for today. And uh, that's really helpful. Thank you. Thank you all. And uh, yeah, another half hour or so, we might actually get Thursday funded. Wouldn't that be wild? Note coming in from my sister Cynthia, one of my heroes. I heard about this little girl, and I'm so disgusted by the fucking filthy repiglicons. I'm sorry. I hate them. They hate this beautiful young girl because she's trans and for no other fucking reason. And yet, I guarantee those same people just love Matt Gates. Do I have to remind them about who the fuck he is? And Jim Jordan. Oh, and I'm sure his middle name is Jesus, too, just like Trump. Fucking filthy asshole pigs. Nice. And by the way... Uh, her story, you know, Cynthia's heard about it. I've heard about it. Uh, if any of you want to uh, want to get uh, or, or have a pretty good uh, a pretty good insight into the status of this ongoing uh, nationwide, nearly nationwide persecution, uh, Aaron Reed is without a doubt the best journalist on this topic out there, and. Uh, if you go, and she is at Aaron, E-R-I-N, AaronInTheMorning.com. And she noted in regard to Allison's remarks that the largest newspaper in Utah picked up the story, Salt Lake Tribune. And uh, an outfit, a transphobic outfit called Genspect, that has been cited by outfits like the Wall Street Journal and the New York Times. By the way, the New York Times coverage of, uh, of, of transgender issues is absolutely hideous. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's not just wrong. It's terrible journalism. Genspect uh, covered the story and put quotes around Allison's name and quotes, scare quotes around the word daughter. But young Allison is making a difference. She shouldn't have to. She should just be another little girl going to school. But she is making a difference. And that school board has not decided if they're going to try to do something to harm her. And the point that her dad made was so true. The girls that have a problem with Allison are the children of grown-ups who have problems with Allison and other people like her. Hope that could go I wonder, I wonder what I wonder what Mittens or Mike Lee would have to say about this situation. Oh, they despise her. You know, uh, the Mormon Church recently issued an edict on uh, LGBTQ people, and they said, okay, okay, um, you, you, the, the queers can go to Mormon heaven... But you can't, but Mormon heaven has like levels, kind of like a Masonic lodge. And you can't, and you can't, yeah. But you can't, you can't get to uh, 33rd degree Mormon heaven and become a Mormon shriner in space or something. (laughs) 
Unless you Where are. Do I get my white horse. Unless you are heterosexual and married to another heterosexual. That sounds like a crazy movie. Mormon Shriners in space. <laughs> but, but Robin, <laughs> think about the bright side of this. You and I can now get into an imaginary place that was thought up because they didn't agree with the most popular imaginary place. It's great news for us now. Yeah, we're. Well, we'd have to be Mormons first. Oh, God. Well, but then again, so what happens? You know what? You know what? They made they made dead the Mormons made dead baptize me after I'm gone, and 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 have uh, uh, Jesus and, and and his brother Satan because that's what it says. Jesus and his brother Satan will wash away my transness. You know, it, it's 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 weird. This is just you know personal, but um, I have transphobic people in my family. Sure you do. And I just went through a name change and changed my gender markers. And it's it, and and just it, it bubbled up out of nowhere. Went, oh my god. They may dead name me on my tombstone if I have one. Oh. And granted, I'm going to be too. Bu- I'm going to be too busy being dead till the sun burns out to worry about it. Being right. dead really does take up all your time. <laughs> It's a time killer, man. Uh, but here and now, I, the, the the thought is absolutely uh, nauseating. And 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 it, you know, it, it, and they've been it's been done in the past to other people. Uh, I think it was Tennessee Williams who said, "Don't you dare give me no Roman Catholic funeral." Uh uh-uh, uh don't you do it. So what did his family do? They gave a gay man a Roman Catholic funeral. Oh boy! Yeah, the the the, the capacity of uh, the capacity of Christianity uh, for just being hateful and hurtful uh, knows no uh, knows 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 no ends. I mean, there you know you y'all have heard of the Pew Charitable Trust, right? Yeah. Uh, they do the uh, annual survey of religion in America. Well. They uh, they surveyed the Christians again, and it's not promising. Not surprised. Among religious groups, um, well, okay, this is say so for the whole population. Fifty three percent of Americans say that people not seeing discrimination where it does exist is a bigger problem than people seeing racism where it doesn't exist. Um, However, because no surprise, among religious groups, white Christians, by a huge majority, say that claims about non-existent racial discrimination are the biggest problem. 72% of white evangelicals say that Non-existent racial discrimination is more of a problem than the real thing. 60% of Catholics say that fake racism is a bigger problem than the real thing. White mainline Protestants at 54% say the same thing. Wow. On the other hand, when you ask black Protestants... Non-Christian religious Americans, 
and unaffiliated Americans and Hispanic Catholics, they routinely say, by a majority, that people not seeing racism where it exists is the bigger issue. Fewer white evangelicals, 27%, white mainline Protestants, 44%, and white Catholics agreed with that sentiment. Meanwhile, the people who are utterly unaffiliated with any religion say not seeing racism is a much bigger problem. Yeah, big surprise. White unaffiliated adults, 61%, say not seeing it is a bigger problem. Among non-white unaffiliated adults, 71% say overlooking racial discrimination is the bigger issue, compared with 29% who give the opposite answer. I think a pattern is beginning to emerge, y'all. But, but just remember, as of uh, as early and maybe as late as the late 1800s, maybe early 1900s, if your family was religious and you had a spot already claimed in the churchyard to be buried in, if you died and weren't part of that church, even though your family was, they'd bury outside the fence of the fucking church or outside that cemetery. That's God's love. Yeah. Right. Ain't all inclusive. Right. They're well, and this goes you straight death. to the this goes straight to the whole wokeness thing. Right? These people are adamantly not woke. They don't want to be woke. They don't want to be woken up. They don't want to know nothing. And, you know, you're an elitist if you are woke, right? These are the same people that give you a blank stare when you say Adam and Eve had two sons. Where'd all the people come from? It does become a problem, doesn't it? <laughs> Y'all, I, I, I got, uh, I, I just, uh, while, while uh, y'all were talking, a call came through. And it, since y'all were talking, it gave me a chance to find out who was on the line. Most of the time, I don't get a chance. Um, we have not heard from this individual in a very long time. Lo and behold, y'all, Silent R. Lamar is with us. Oh, there he is. Hey, Lamar. What's up, people, my friends, my lovers, my family? What's up? How you been? I've been good. I've been, I've been... Dealing with life inconveniences, as they would say. Since the last time we talked, I have le- I've lost five family members. Oh no! Holy shit! Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's life, life is life. Each one that passed away was plus seventy-two. And my mother, right now, who I'm taking care of extremely cautious is 87. And, you know, listening to what you guys have been saying, I love it because you guys are still on track. And I am still the silent arbiter of confusion that would kick the Republican masterminds in their uh, juju. <laughs> Basically saying, they all want Trump. Oh, he's a great businessman. He's this, that, and this. Okay. Compare Trump to Romney. How many bankruptcies did Romney have? The, it, it gives silence. 
But how many bankruptcies did Trump have? Oh, we had to sit down and get an abacus out to do the to do the math. <laughs> I don't have enough. I don't have enough fingers and toes, Lamar. <laughs> but the, the point is this: they want to have an autocratic country. You know yes. what? I'm like this. All human beings who call themselves American. I mean, if you if you are American, step out the way and let them have that car crash in the middle of the road. Let them hit the K-Rod or the inner, the middle divider and let them wait for the paramedics to come and get them. Because this is what they're talking about. They have been fighting against America. The Republicans flipped and lost their identity when it was Trump's turn to get up. And see, what when they're bending over backwards, doing backflips and all that, I am an educator. You know I am an educator, Robert. Yes, yeah, lifelong, right? Sure. I'm like this. My background was history. People talk to me and they come and say, oh, slavery ended in 1865. I say, yeah, when did Negroes get their right? 1965, is that about 100 years later? 100 years, exactly. So if it takes a hundred years for Negroes to be free, what are you talking about you want right now? And McDonald's and the microwave mentality is the problem that we have right now. My my children, my youngest was born in 90. My oldest was born in 83. Oh, my Lord, I have been fighting with them to get them to see and smell the ether. Well, stop smelling either. Let me just say, right. stop smelling either. Here's where so, you're at. That's what you know. You've been brought up to. Don't believe what other people who are telling you from social media. Social media is designed. Oh, guess what? Y'all don't get it. In history, Hitler came, Hitler tried to overthrow Germany. He lost the first time he was his ass was locked up for five yeah, years. Yeah, Bavaria first. Do we lock Trump? Do we do we lock Trump ass up? No. And Trump's favorite individual in the world is Hitler. Now, mm-hmm. nah, Trump's favorite individual. Uh, hold on, hold on, Lamar. Trump's favorite oh, individual. Okay. Trump's favorite individual in the world is Trump. Right. Who? Himself. Is Trump. Him. Yes. Only second to himself. The guy in the mirror. No, 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 no. I didn't. I, I, I was moving. I had. I was moving. And I had a brain fart in my ear. And I couldn't hear what you said. Who's Trump's favorite person? Is? Trump. Trump. Himself. himself. Only second oh, no, to himself. No, no, no. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Okay. Okay. I'm not going to argue that. Trump's favorite <laughs> person is Trump. I give you that. But who is supposed to be other than Trump? He wants the power of uh, Adolf Hitler. Yes. Okay, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. I mean, I don't that's that's fine. He's just that. he's just he, look. It's not just not just Hitler. He is fond of all autocratic dictators. Remember, he said of uh, Xi Jinping in China, 
But uh, he gets to he gets to be president for life. Why can't I? And he wasn't joking. Well, you know, you see, you know, by me being, let let me state this point. If you cannot tell it from my verbiage and how my cadence come across, I am a black man. Unfortunately for most white people, I was born in 1958. I remember and I know when the Democratic Party retained retained the Negro vote, which was Republican. I still have Republican features that I go for, but the Republican Party of today, Jesus Christ, I would never go that route. I'd be swinging and waving my hands. I don't need a lifeboat. I want a car. I need a boat. Get my ass off this water. <laughs> because they're going, they're circling the drain, and they don't even understand that they're circling the drain. And then I, 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 I give them the Republican Party. I know. Okay, I'm rambling. Let me slow down. The Republican Party has a problem because of Nelson Rockefeller, Nixon, and uh, our be- their beloved saint, uh, Ronald Reagan, because they put into pra- practice stuff that was early. I first, no one, okay, I, y'all can hate me for this. The first president I was able to vote for was Ronald Reagan. And I'm going to tell you this. I voted for Ronald Reagan because he was the president of the what? Actor Guild. He, he was, was a union, union man. Right? Yeah. He was a union man. And I thought he would protect everybody. So, 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 Lamar, the first, you, you didn't vote for a president until you were in your 20s? Dude, I was born in 58. Right. Do the math. I just did. You were yeah, el- yeah you yeah. were you were eligible you were eligible to vote in 1976. 76? There you go, doodles. So did you vote? I graduated so from high school. Right? Huh? I graduated from high school 1974-5. My class walked in 76. So I am not the Right, so Ronald Reagan didn't get the Republican presidential nomination until 1980. Right. And I voted for him because he was a party leader of a labor union. And then I watched what he did as governor to my mother, who was at the time a school teacher. People talking about, oh, the school teachers got to come out of pocket to do all about this. That didn't happen until after Reagan became governor of California. And he set forth the process to dumbing down America, thanks to Nelson Rockefeller. Nelson Rockefeller went on Florida, went on to the floor and said, hey, we're educating our children too well. Uh-huh. Oh, you know why he said that? Because now what they were telling their people was not resonating because the children knew better. 
So we got to dumb mm-hmm. them down. The dumbification of Americans started in 70. Okay, I'm going to be nice. I'm going to use the round of 1970. If you were born after 1970, you've been dumbed down. You've been seriously dumbed down. And if you graduated after 83, you are critically dumbed down. And if you graduated after 19, well, uh, 2000 and I just use 2000. If you graduate after 2000, you are extremely clueless. And you're going to spend the rest of your life trying to figure out whom lied to you and what went down and why you living in shambles. I'm going to go all the way back to Nelson Rockefeller. It's real simple. Nelson Rockefeller wanted Nixon's war. Do you know who Nixon war was? Nixon's Nobody wants war? to talk about Nixon's war. Nixon's war was Vietnam. Well, uh, everybody sure. wants to get, huh? No, sure. I'm positive. When Nixon was vice president of Dwight D. Eisenhower, he wanted to go into Vietnam and do the war. Dwight D. Eisenhower said, you know what? I'm pointing toward the door. Get your punk ass out. Then he comes when Kennedy wins it. He comes up with the Bay of Piglets. We're told him, get out of here. We ain't talking about it. We ain't doing it. Johnson was a questionable individual. And when Johnson got in, when Johnson got in, and he became president, Nixon pushed through his connection. Hey, let's do this Vietnam War. He got, he got Johnson to the point where Johnson said, okay, we're going to Vietnam. And you see, everybody talks about Vietnam. Nobody knows the original name of Vietnam. Vietnam was called Indochina. French Indochina, everyone knows that, Lamar. Oh, do you really believe that? Anybody who's interested in the topic, yes. Well, no, I can't. I know I can't really talk, argue with you because you're only seven years younger than me. <laughs> so your education is in the ballpark of what I'm talking about. But the point is this: Nixon came up, and then he, after he became president, he said, "I know how to end the war." Remember that. Yeah, he had a secret plan to end the war in 1968, but he wouldn't tell us unless we elected him. And LBJ knew that he had... Hold on, hold on, Lamar. Okay, okay. And LBJ knew that he had been sabotaging the peace talks, the Paris peace talks with the North Vietnamese, and he said, I know it, he did it, and I can't do a damn thing about it. And he got away with it. The tape of him talking to Dirksen. But I got to. But I got to. I got to. Yeah, that's absolutely right. That that's where he says it, Christopher, in that conversation with Everett Dirksen. Yeah. Uh, so, I agree but with but that. we're at the, we're at the end of the program, Lamar. It's nice to hear from you. I'm glad you're okay. I'm sorry for your losses. So very sorry. But you know. And what? I hope I you. I hope. Back. I hope you take care of yourself. And uh, you know, we'll talk again soon. And uh, by the way, the front porch will continue as the back porch. Uh, after the program closes. Uh, by the way, it's Thanksgiving. 
up in our na- up among our neighbors to the north. So happy Thanksgiving, Brother Deacon Asa, who tells me uh, canard is on the menu. So uh, enjoy that. Uh, in answer to the question you just emailed me, Steve, I have no idea. So that's the program this evening. Uh, thanks for the conversation, y'all. It was great to it was it was it was great to have you have you alongside and on board and back here on the back on the front porch. Um, Jeremy has made it possible for the back porch to continue after I disconnect. Um, oh, Steve just uh, Steve just popped into the into the chat in, into the uh, front porch. Hey, Steve, I wanted to say hi before I disappear. Yeah, Steve looking for his mute button. Steve, you're on mute. Oh, he's staying on mute. Okay, Steve. He's staying on. Uh, have a. Uh, uh, have a, have a, yeah, thanks for popping by, and maybe uh, you can. Well, hope you'll ch- hope you'll chat later. Um, don't disconnect me until after the program's entirely over. Just stand by. Um, thanks everybody. Thanks to our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. We really need new subscribers, and I really need to change my uh, profile pic on the Patreon page. And I, I, I've been trying, and I can't, I can't find where I changed that, and it's making me a little bit nuts. Don't like seeing that guy. Um, oh, and I wanted to share an email uh, that came from uh, uh, Cynthia. Uh, Cynthia heard I, what I said about having uh, transphobes in my family. And she said, uh, I have bigots in my family, too. And guess what? When I die, they'll all get zero. Nada. Nothing from my estate. It's not like I have a ton of money. I don't, but I do own my own house free and clear. And Bay Area real estate's not cheap. I'd estimate the current value at $1.6 million. No, when I die, my house will go to fund scholarships at my college for disadvantaged people of color. Whiny-ass, bigoted white people like my relatives need not apply. Living well is the best revenge, sis. And uh, uh, Theo, with a note, lineages in the Holy Bible. Uh, Robin, you got into the choice topic of biblical family histories while I was out wrestling with the yard. I hope you won. One of my favorite lines from the play Inherit the Wind depicts Clarence Darrow. I love that play. Uh, depicts Clarence Darrow figure grilling William Jennings Bryan's character on the witness stand about lineages, seizing on the phrase, And Cain knew his wife. He asks archly, if in the beginning there were only Adam and Eve and Cain and Abel, where'd this extra woman come from? Figure someone pulled off over in the next county. <laughs> I know. I, I love that scene. And Spencer Tracy playing Clarence Darrow is just wonderful. Cheers. <laughs> Cheers, Theo. So anyway, uh, thank you to all our Patreon and PayPal subscribers. We close the program at... Uh, uh, 575. So that's a lot better than what it has been of late. Thank you so much. If anybody wants to help out over the weekend, it's more than welcome. And thank you for those of you who do. Thanks to our a la carte contributors. Thank you so very much for your kind gifts. Thank you. 
to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thanks to our all-volunteer staff. Thank you, Jeremy, uh, uh, setting up and moderating, I guess we'd call it moderating, the Skype group this evening. Hope you're enjoying your meeting, Roger. Thanks to our news ninjas. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa, head on dot live again. Happy Thanksgiving. And uh, for those of you who have Indigenous Peoples Day off on Monday, uh, ponder it, ponder it well, and be grateful. Be grateful. Indigenous people saved uh, save, saved the colonizers and invaders' asses, and didn't, damn sure didn't didn't deserve it. Please, uh, on the podcast, like like each podcast episode. Subscribe if you haven't already, whatever po- whatever platform you're listening on. Mostly I see stuff from Podbean, because that's where I upload to. And everything goes from there, disseminates from there. Leave a comment so other people can see that, you know, you like what's happening here. Thank you. Um, Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20-plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster. It's that time. Uh, you want to be fully vaccinated by the end of this month. Middle of this month is better. RSV. COVID. Flu. Wear your mask. Even if you're not around maggots, but especially if you are. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance. And uh, if if, uh, somebody comes toward you uh, babbling about about how we don't need no debate for the speaker on Fox... You know, they're not necessarily wrong, but they're still maggots, so avoid them like the plague, because they are. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. Love you, Wayne. Have a great weekend, everybody. Later.